0: coming up in this episode.
1: Yeah, I think you just learn, like, you just learn so much, like, discipline and just how it gets gets stuff done and, like, failing as well. Like, the amount of times that you crash or, like, you know, you're on the glimpse of success and then something happens. You you know, it might be your bike might break or, you know, something that is just really uncoincidental.
2: I just realized there's an app in the app store called Rock Identifier. Stone ID, a rock identifier. You can identify oh, wow. any rock. That.
1: That's brilliant. That's interesting. I don't. Know. You know, when I was looking at it from like a customer onboarding perspective, it becomes, if you're requiring a customer to download the app in order to have the service, mm-hmm. like that's that's a massive ask. Yeah. Yeah. So we've already got like thousands and thousands of customers. We can't make. We can't go to all of them and go, right now, can you download the app in order to continue with our service? Because like, yeah. Tons of uh probably 90% it's to, of Yeah, it's got to be option. Yeah.
0: The Founders Unplugged podcast.
2: Fair yeah. enough. Would you better do me a favor as well and just move your camera down just a touch, just so you're a bit more central. because so you're quite near like, the bottom.
1: That's like it. That.
2: That's brilliant. It there up, we go. Yeah. Now we can awesome. see uh, see a bit more of you. Yeah. So tell me how things been going with you. you
1: yeah pretty good pretty good to be fair um obviously we're in like the we're in the window cleaning industry so like now's our kind of like peak season um especially over the last couple of months like we're kind of ahead on our kind of budget for kind of custom acquisition costs and a and a few more kind of key metrics but i think it's kind of due to the weather as opposed to like what we're particularly doing um very well at the moment um but but yeah i mean yeah, it's, it's all good. It's very busy. We're kind of continuing to scale. Um, we're doing a fundraising round at the moment as well. Well, um, before
2: before we get into that, before we will, you know, I will ask you about that stuff. And I was just wondering more like sort of more immediately, how are you and what you've been up to? Oh, but okay. uh, but yeah, <laughs> we will get into that because actually, I think that what's good to do maybe ahead of that is for you to introduce yourself a little bit more officially to anyone watching and listening. Um, uh yeah so yeah why don't you, you go ahead and then and then you can explain a bit more about business and then I'd feel free to to go back into what you were just saying but maybe we should do it you okay. know, a bit more <laughs> with an official introduction go ahead, go ahead go ahead
1: yeah great so uh i'm ralph from tidal we're a national window cleaning company so we've got locations all over the uk all the way from the Highlands of scotland down to the south coast of england we cover various kind of towns and cities throughout um and what we do is we make it just really, really easy for the customer and really, really easy for the window cleaner as well. So I think the best kind of position or the best way to kind of frame was is like a, a marketplace effectively connecting window cleaners um, to customers. And obviously we take a commission because of that as well, um, which, which tends to work really well at, at the moment. So I actually started the business in 2016, I believe, literally with like a bucket a squeegee out the back of my car <laughs> like you know one of them proper like bootstrap stories, like walking street knocking doors yeah. um and kind of built a window clean around very kind of traditionally that way and then what we've what we've kind of found over the last few years and as we've kind of grown is like there's such a big opportunity here you know like the industry is currently really really fragmented um mm-hmm. you've got all these customers that are you know some of them are you know there's great window cleans out there some of them are offering a great service but I believe that there's the possibility to really kind of elevate that and take that to the next level as well. Mm-hmm. And that's effectively like, that's effectively our goal. Our mission um, is to make a much much better experience for the window cleaners because obviously they don't have to, you know, it's all done through technology. There's no like texts or having to chase payments. That's all automated. Um, and then obviously the customer's benefit as well, just from like a much slicker kind of service and, Onboarding and kind of knowing what they're getting for. Really, I think it's it's just about doing the basics right. Yeah. Um. And that's all people want, really. You know, like turn up, look smart, do what you say you're going to do, and you know, I mean, that's. It's, the, I love that's it. I love thing. it,
2: and this is well, we we spoke about this when we first met. But um, I love it because it's 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 not sexy, right? Like you know, <laughs> so so much startup stuff is about trying to do the next new sexy thing you know, AI, uh, Web3, NFTs, like, you know, B2B. And, and, and it's all it's all this kind of stuff where, you know, and um, it's funny because actually the, the podcast I had yesterday, um, we were talking about this and, you know, we, we were talking about the fact that, um, you know, you generally want to go and do something you're passionate about. Because if you don't, then you, mm-hmm. you won't, you know, you won't manage. So, so make sure it's an industry you're passionate about or this you're passionate about. And I was like, yeah, but there are exceptions. I was like, there's also just wanting to be or being passionate about, something and just making it really really good right yeah and it it doesn't really matter or passionate about money some people are just passionate about making lots of money and it doesn't (laughs) matter what you point them towards they will just they will do it really fucking well because they just want to make lots of money you know what i mean so like there's different things so it's interesting and and i was so i was really looking forward to today especially after i said that yesterday um to pick your brains on this so because of like like how did you fall into window cleaning in the first place was it something that you wanted to do quite intentionally? like you always have the plan to build a business out of that or was it really just like situation was you were in a situation where you needed to make some money and you're like i need to do this thing like what was how did that come about
1: yeah it's quite a it's quite a funny story really so like i had an engineering apprenticeship at the time and i was enjoying it but obviously with being an apprenticeship like it's fairly like low wages you know yeah yeah. Um, so. Me, like a teenager, I was doing probably what most teenagers do, and, like, you start, like, YouTube and, like, how to make money or, like, oh, right. to, yeah, yeah. to do things. Yeah, yeah. And then it's, all the of a new, sudden it's the that... new footballer,
2: isn't it? Like, <laughs> YouTube yeah. or exactly. Yeah.
1: Yeah, exactly. And I can actually – basically, I got clickbaited by a YouTube video, and I could still picture oh, the exact thumbnail no. in my head. It was, like, how to make $500 a day cleaning windows – and oh right this, I think yeah, you meant
2: being a youtuber like how to make a million by being a youtuber all right, right oh, so no. you actually got it was actually about getting yeah, so windows I, on youtube oh, okay yeah so it was
1: like, i was like googling like how to do it and obviously like setting up a service-based business where you start off kind of trading your time for money's like yeah you know what i mean it's just it, very like you know there's very low risk you know the harder you work yeah. the more money you make right. um so effectively got clickbait by a youtube video watch the load of series is eventually bought like a squeegee, a bucket, a ladder, tucked it in the back of my, in my little car, and then off I went really. Like, knocked in a few houses in the village. First house mm-hmm. took me two days to clean, they had like loads of like little Georgian windows. Good oh, luck <laughs> <It was, laughs> <two laughs> on that, that was great it, luck. Yeah, it, it was a massive farmhouse, and all the windows were like this. And I only had the squeegee, and you like go around that, like that, all of them, and then like you got me yeah. your ladder along, honestly. But, and we still got that customer now, like seven years later. Wow! And, um, yeah, that's so, a good sign.
3: That's a good sign.
1: That that's kind of, that's kind of how it started, and then obviously, mm. you know, you do it on like the evenings and the weekends, and then with it being an apprenticeship, I couldn't just kind of leave. I had to, I had to kind of like complete my apprenticeship. So I got a couple of friends in to basically do the window cleaning round while I was at work, mm. and then got a van. And then what I'd actually do is like. Have magnetic signs on the van, so when I drove the van to work, I'd peel them off, and then when I would <laughs> yeah, stick them back on. <laughs> Brilliant. Um, and then it kind of just went from there, really. Until like, we it's were like kind of... some
2: superhero stuff. That is, I love that.
1: Yeah, I think you've just got to kind of get, you've just got to get a little bit creative, haven't you? And then um, yeah. basically, basically got to the point where my friends were running the business; they were doing the window cleaning around. I was joining them for like half a day a week when I when I had chance And then I thought, you know what? Like, I've just got to kind of do this full time. Yeah, yeah. Um, and at the time, I was I was a pretty decent cyclist, and I could have possibly gone kind of professional. Mm. So I thought to my boss, like he was always supporting my cycling, and he might, he might actually be watching this. I don't know. I I said to him, "Oh, I'm leaving. I'm leaving like my apprenticeship to become like a professional cyclist because I know he support it." It mm. was like it went down really well. Like I was like champion. Everything's gone as planned. So what he does is he rings the college to tell the college, and then. I go up for lunch, and then he speaks to college, and obviously college tell him that I've left to become a window cleaner <laughs> <laughs> oh, <shit. laughs> I, I come down from lunch, and it's like you get in my office now it should be like instant dismissal on the spot oh, no. you know, and then I'm like right, like now I've got to make it work, you know like I don't have a backup plan,
3: yeah,
1: yeah. um, which kind of worked it, it kind of it's kind of good really there's a good lesson
2: effort. there about honesty and truth, I think <laughs> a very good lesson
3: there.
1: Yeah, yeah, for, for sure. But I thought, oh, like, it'd be all right. <laughs> and then, um yeah, but I think in hindsight, you know, like it was it was the right thing to happen and yeah, it was it, it was a good, yeah, it was a good kind of experience. And I guess once you kind of once that decision has been made for you, you kind of sink or swim, don't you? Like, you don't really. Have well, to yeah, exactly. To yeah.
3: But
2: yeah sometimes it just all it takes is your hand needs to be forced so so how does it work now so do you, do you work you mentioned before obviously you work with the, you know nationally right so yeah um so so is it the case that anyone who's already an existing window cleaner or wants to wants to join the business can just join forces with you essentially and you know is that the way it works or is it franchise or you know explain. Yeah, so,
1: so yeah so we, we we operate on a on a similar kind of franchise model but we effectively might manage everything on behalf of the window cleaners. Right. Um but the majority of our kind of window cleaners have already been window cleaners in the past and yeah. they might have built the roundup but you know they generally get sick of just like chasing customers for money yeah. or like all those kind of teething problems that they have so the way it works is effectively like they'll join us we'll manage all that on their behalf we'll take a commission for doing so um their life's easy because they're coming in you know i was on the like doing quotes and customers and figuring out how to do like facebook ads and marketing that's already handled on their behalf um and then obviously we benefit because you know we've got like specialist people that kind of focus on kind of specialist tasks in the office as well so yeah, it it just kind of works like that, really. Once the round's established, it's, it's established, and then it just repeats kind of every single month. Mm. Um, and that's generally, yeah, generally how it works. Um, so is it a
2: bit, a, is it a bit like the Uber model in a way,
1: like in in the, in the sense that
2: they they kind of gig workers, right? You you you're not employing them, I take it. You're, yeah, you're yeah.
3: Essentially, is yeah, that right? So
1: kind of, we, yeah, we call them like operators, like partners. So mm. they're effectively just using the tidal platform just to just to get work to manage the to manage their business and then we take a commission because of that
3: very similar to like
1: the the model but just in the window cleaning industry um you know like customers go on the app they add property details they get a quote they book on one the next in the area and it's done there's none of that like having to ring them up and go back and forth and come out for a quote and like all that kind of messy kind of customer part you know
3: so, so that's interesting.
2: So my, my question there would be then about like, because there's a lot of un uh, what's the word I'm looking for? There's a lot of unrest um, in in industries like um, mm. you know with businesses like Uber and and the like, especially you know sort of gig working type businesses, I guess. Mm. So if your model's quite similar, do you? See having the same sort of potential unrest problems, or are you doing anything now to kind of maybe address that in future? Because predominantly, like, just so that everyone's clear when I'm, I'm talking about this, like, it's uh, it's to do with sort of standards and stuff. I think from from my own memory and mm. understanding of like, you know, it, pensions and and healthcare, and you know that that the, essentially a gig worker doesn't get the same benefits as you know full employee, which is obviously the point in, to some degree. Um, yeah, but have you thought much about that sort of moving forward? How to address that? Um,
1: yeah well i think it's it's going to be i obviously it's got to be like a a significant um a significant kind of like thing to think about because obviously like uber they've they've gone through all those kind of challenges and everything like that as well yeah and and we're just really we're just really clear really transparent and that like our our role within this is to effectively like facilitate the relationship right once 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 the relationship the revenue is your revenue you know that's all yours and then we take a commission of that mm-hmm. um if you want to like reschedule or rework like it's not like we're giving them like set hours to work or anything like this like it's literally right. a case of like they arrange that themselves yeah. and then they just use our technology to basically make it as as easy as possible really obviously it's
3: just a
2: tool for them to be able to do their job basically so they, they, they would still be yeah you know self employed and have their own business do their own accounting all of that sort of stuff um yeah we don't you
1: know. we, yeah we don't get we don't get involved in any of that um, yeah yeah they they kind of they they do that themselves obviously we've got our own accountants as well so if they have any kind of questions we can kind of refer them out and, and oh, yeah, that as well yeah. but
2: this is the thing um, about gig working, I think, that always – and look, I don't claim to be the most informed when it comes to the situation with Uber drivers and, and, and a few other situations where they're sort of, you know, on strike or have been on strike or whatever it is. Again, I don't really know because I'm not massively informed on it. Um, and what it is that they're upset about, exactly. But I I've, I have been slightly confused by it. And maybe I'll change my mind if I find out more information. I've been slightly confused by it in the sense that I feel like if you're – entering into that agreement with someone i think the what you get in you know in that relationship is pretty clear and mm. so you know to sort of after the fact complain about that arrangement seems a bit confusing to me you know it's like yeah. it's like if i was to hire a freelance photographer and mm. I pay them, you know. Uh, let's say, you know, a, a, you know, they invoice me monthly, and I and I pay them. And then and then one day they kick up, kick off, and say, you know, why, you know, why can't can't I have pension contributions? Why can't you pay my national insurance? Why can't? It's like well, because you're a freelancer. I haven't employed you. You know. What I yeah. Mean? So it's like. I don't know maybe I'm I'm misunderstanding some of the issues that are going on there because I know it's primarily in the states that it's a problem but it's just I don't know it's an odd one to me but um but yeah like anyway um not to distract I go off on quite a few tangents on
1: this so it My brains all over the place
0: <laughs> yeah no,
1: it's it, it's interesting i think as well like all window cleaners like they make like people look at the window cleaning industry and think oh like you're only making like a few quid whereas you know some of our top performing guys are on, like Seventy eight thousand pounds a year for cleaning oh, windows.
0: Really?
1: Wow. So yeah, yeah. It, it obviously it takes time to get there and, and they've got yeah. to put the work in themselves, but once They're it's cool. there, it's there. Um yeah. and then because we're just there to very rarely
2: change them window cleaner right once they've they've gone but yeah like you said I mean I'm assuming that's a lot of knocking on doors that's a lot of like sales essentially um and probably like what I would imagine what makes up quite and you can correct me if I'm wrong on this assumption but I imagine what makes up a lot of the the large sort of ticket um sales is like corporate stuff right so like shops and maybe bigger bill you know big buildings and things like that would that be fair to say
1: well I think for us we we mainly focused on like domestic and residential so oh, we really? do, have, oh, okay. Yeah, we do have some like bigger kind of commercial kind of work, but for us, like,
2: so just so like the rich big... people who've made their houses out of like <laughs>
1: That's
2: that's that's the, that's yeah. the jackpot.
1: Yeah, but, I mean, we have like we have like restaurants, shops, you know, mm. places like that. But no kind of schools, hotels, you know, right. nothing like too ridiculously big. I think you know, the, there's no shortage of window cleaning work. You know, like. Mm there's windows like literally everywhere wherever there's houses and the majority of them are dirty so like yeah for us it's easier to get you know if we needed to get like a thousand pounds worth of monthly work it's easier for us to get you know 50 20 pound window cleaning jobs as opposed to kind of one big commercial job which then we'd have to kind of you know we might need like specialist equipment and then you've got to arrange all that and kind of go back and forth and then like invoices and payment terms and all the rest of it. Whereas with the window cleaner, like literally you've got your out, you know where you're going, you know where to park, you get people approaching your street, asking you to do theirs. Like mm. it's, 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 just simple really. Yeah. Um, or because it's, it's got like, to be a pain because
2: of like, you know, my window cleaner is, it's, it's, a guy and his um, partner, they come around a couple and that um, mm. they were just the window cleaner for of this house. When we moved in, like he does these yeah. There's three houses of us. that so are all together here, like semi-attached mm. and, um, and he was just the guy. So we're just like, oh, okay, fair enough. So when we moved in, a little thing come through the door. He's like, welcome to the neighborhood. You know, I'm your window cleaner. Um, I'll be, I, you know, come by every month or something. He just comes by, you know, and just does it. And you're like, one day, like, yeah. oh, right. He's cleaning the windows. And then you get a thing through the door and it's like 10 quid and that's it. Um, but yeah. it must be so archaic because he he puts a slip through the through the door, you know, saying done, you know, job done, 10 quid. You know, here's my bank details. Like, like you said, the amount of payments he must be chasing is unreal. Yeah. I I think that's
1: that's exactly how we started off like, years ago because, um, you know, there wasn't there wasn't kind of any other way, really. It's like, you know, you do that and you've got like three, four hundred customers and you try to chase them all and you're running it off on your phone and like. You really have that many customers? Yeah, like well, uh, uh, our, once the location's up to like occupancy, it'll do anything kind of three to four hundred customers a month, oh. kind of 20, 20 to 25 a day quite easily. yeah. yeah. That's so, crazy. and obviously, time that you're kind of chasing debts and dealing with customers is time when you're not making money. So, right, you know, we we try and make it like a win-win. So when people do join the platform, like although we are taking our commissions, easily justified by the amount of work that they're going to be saving as well.
3: Yeah, yeah. And yeah. the they are
1: going to come around and they can pay by like Apple Pay card. Like you get a notification. Like yeah. if you on holiday you can skip it. Like you know what I mean? It's just, it's just about doing the basics right, really. It makes so much sense because like you
2: said, that, that time that they'll be spending chasing payments, doing admin, things like that, they can just move on to the next gig and and, and start cleaning mm. windows. And then like you said, the experience from the customer point of view is so much nicer. Like it would be like I would love to be able to just open up a an apple, go to a website and just, you know, say, actually, mate, they could do with cleaning again. Like I don't have to yeah. wait until I see him. Like I don't know when I'm gonna see him again. You know, or I do have his number, but I just forget, you know. So um, yeah. yeah, it makes makes a lot of sense. It's a, a brilliant idea. So so um, because I was just looking about on on your website if you have any in my area, um, mm. you don't unfortunately yet. But I am kind of in. You know, in the arse centre oh, nowhere, in Eastbourne, <laughs> but um, but that because it's to, kind of to be expected, you know, which is fair enough. Like a lot of stuff that gets rolled out isn't going to be in Eastbourne of all places. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> that's yeah. fair enough. Um, but uh, but yeah. So, like, how much sort of coverage do you have currently, and and what are you so, projecting? You know, in the next uh, sort of year or so.
1: Yeah. So cu- currently, currently, our kind of coverage, if you look it from like a geographical Perspective is yeah. approximately like twenty twenty five percent of the UK, right? So, so pretty we cover, good. Yeah. We cover most kind of major towns and cities. We cover kind of most of London, you know, Birmingham, Manchester, or like the you know Nottingham and like all those kind of slightly smaller cities as well. Yeah. But kind of you know towns probably similar size to kind of Eastbourne and you know along that coast, like like along the coast. But mm. there's an awful lot of kind of geography that's just untouched like and yeah. i think there's, there's always going to be like a certain percentage which you know if we look at like the highlands in scotland for example like it just wouldn't make sense to launch there because you've not got the volume like you might only be able to clean like five houses a day because of the travel right. or then you've got like the weather to deal with as well like if you can't clean for like a couple of months over winter mm. um yeah there's gonna to have to be
2: a certain density of, of residents to to make it viable right yeah
1: yeah so when we so when we launch in a, in a new location, we like to try and make sure that we've got two hundred thousand homes within a thirty-minute drive of the window cleaners' property. Right. Well, so that way we know that we can get them to their kind of hundred percent occupancy within six months. Mm. Um, it's literally just a case of like trial and testing the Facebook ads. We know like how much it costs to get a customer. We just set the budgets, and it works out relatively okay. Uh, and then there's also like a lot of organic growth as well you know to get approached in the street or you know leaflets and you see the van and, and all that kind of stuff as well so
3: yeah
1: especially over the next um 12 months we are fundraising at the moment but once we've closed our rounds we're we're planning on kind of scaling um more aggressively um, yeah you were, we do- you, sorry, you
2: were actually talking about the fundraising thing before i cut you off at the very beginning so yeah tell me more about that so 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 how's that going
1: yeah it's 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 going it's going well to be fair um so we did a we did a like a small kind of friends and family round which is kind of you know allowed us to get our like technology developed and kind of get to the to the to the position that we're in at the moment but Mm. now we've kind of we've got our software it's working and now it's really just a case of kind of scaling Mm. um so we we took a little we took a little bit of SEI. We had like a a six week window when they they increased the SEIS limits um, Mm. earlier in the year. So we, you know, we managed to get some SEIS there. And then the objective was to effectively work on like a bigger fundraiser round over like the next six to nine months. Um, We're also quite fortunate as well that we maintain like a positive EBITDA. So it's not like we've necessarily got like a a deadline for it if that makes sense like we can yeah. make sure to to bring the right investors along to make sure they're aligned to what we want to achieve um You're a growing it,
2: business regardless of the re- of the the investment the investment will just uh just br- bring yeah, a it just forward, basically.
1: yeah it'll just yeah. accelerate the process i mean like we are <laughs> like we are we are running for keeping things super lean at the moment because yeah I'd, ra- I'd rather be in that position than think you know or, or, like we've got like six weeks of cash left and <laughs> yeah you know because
2: i mean that's how business in, should run anyway you know this is the thing like it shouldn't just be you know when times get hard or, or when the economy takes a turn or anything like in my view mm-hmm. you know business should always run as lean as possible that's the point right i mean it's meant it's meant to yeah, be generating yeah, to more money, money than it deal. spends like, yeah exactly yeah. so so yeah. So, so, um, so, for anyone who's who's listening, watching, who, because I know a few investors watch my show. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes, all, all, all two of my listeners, one of them's an investor. Um, <laughs> the, the, how would they go about sort of getting like LinkedIn would be the best place to get in touch. Yeah, with
1: Yeah, uh, Link, LinkedIn's probably where I'm most active. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's Ralph Hodgson on LinkedIn. Well, I'm, you know, Ralph with an F as well. A little bit unusual. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah think there's probably only one of me on there um but yeah just feel free to kind of shoot as a connection request you know shoot as a dm and then we can kind of take it from there really mm, and even mm. if like you're not an investor or you just want you know a catch-up or you've got some ideas or you know you might even be a customer it'd be great to kind of hear from people as well really and just kind of get mm. some more feedback um yeah. on how we can kind of make things better
2: yeah definitely well yeah it's really exciting so um so well, there was something I was going to ask a minute ago and I forgot to ask you. It was. Uh, oh, yeah. So seasonality. Right. So mm-hmm. so how does that affect the business? So you mentioned, obviously, now is a really good time of year for you. Kind of. Yeah. Peaks, but I imagine there's a dip coming right in the winter months. Yeah.
1: So I've, I think for us, it's really like how we position it to the customers as well. Right. Most of our well, 87 percent of our customers are on regular monthly cycles. So like they get oh, the okay. winter thing once every kind of once a month we go around to do the job um now this time of year is the best time of year or kind of you know may to kind of August is the best time of year for onboarding new customers right but typically what we find is we do lose a few maybe like one percent it's a handful at maximum oh really that's not very many at all coming into yeah. winter. but what we tend to find in the winter as well is, you know there's more salt on the roads it's raining like people still want the windows looking clean for like Christmas and having friends and family around and all that kind of Mm -hmm. stuff Mm -hmm. so we use these kind of ones to be aggressive with kind of building around and building the locations and then once it's established obviously a few do drop off um, but you know it kind of carries on through the winter then Mm -hmm. and then we'll also push kind of ad hoc jobs as well we also do like gutter clears and you know conservative oh, rooms right. and facial and stuff as stuff like that as well more yeah, on like yeah. an ad hoc kind of basis um but we'll get an influx of them obviously you know when the leaves start falling and you know people's gutters that are blocked and stuff like that as well so yeah I'll kind of I was I guess you could say our strategy is to maintain like a really regular kind of customer base like that's your regular monthly income you know what you're gonna get in each each month mm. and then any kind of ad hoc work is just like a nice little bonus really on top of that Mm. um and it, it tends it tends it tends to work it tends to work quite well and then obviously carries it through the winter and then you know when the weather gets better again then you kind of it's, it becomes a little bit more easier to kind of onboard customers and kind of scale as well yeah i'm surprised i really uh, would have expected more of a drop-off then over winter mm-hmm.
2: but that's uh, that's a testament probably then to your well, to your model and how you approach things and the sort of the level of service that you provide that people are just happy to to continue with that month on month that's fantastic so um yeah well look tell me a bit more about you so you 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 obviously in the beginning you told me a bit about you and the fact that you know what your how you you got to this uh to title and and what you were doing Mm -hmm. at the time but like tell me a bit more about like do you still cycle you
1: mentioned about you know uh, it, for
2: example stuff like that like, you know and and you were yeah. interested in
1: in in, in, in uh in, was it mechanical engineering your apprenticeship for uh yeah yeah mechanical engineering yeah so uh, like my background i was like cycling all through like well 10 years every single day until like a couple of well like probably like 18 months ago when mm-hmm. i think you know work just kind of gets that intense that it becomes easier to go for like a half an hour, an hour long run, as opposed to like a three or four hour bike ride, you know, to get the same level of But is it something you hour.
2: wanted to do? So were you doing it for health reasons or were you were doing it for professional, or, you know, like professional racing no, to, or something?
1: Or? Yeah, no, I, I was racing to like a, a high standard, like all of, yeah, you know, like all over the UK, a couple of bits in Europe oh, really? as well. Yeah. But I don't think like, you know, it's kind of like make a break. Cycling's a very, very brutal sport like there's not much money in it like Mm. if you're at the top you get paid well but you know you can be like one level down and you're on like minimum wage and you're always kind of going from contract to contract or year to year like there's no nothing like that there's a lot Um, of sports
2: like that isn't there people don't realize i mean you look at most olympic sports for example are like that you know yeah they are full-time jobs
3: yeah
2: yeah Yeah. you've got to you really graft and and like you said it's really just a sort of top one percent there that really make anything from it and and uh from my understanding my limited understanding it's primarily in the competition realm right is where you yeah. really make money with prize money and stuff so you've got to constantly qualify constantly get it is it the same sort of thing with cycling i assume yeah
1: yeah it's yeah it's just very it's just very competitive um mm. obviously like the prize money you'll generally split across your team as well um yeah. but you know it's, it's a great spot and i think especially growing up it, it teaches you a lot like if you've got like your training plan and it can be like two degrees outside and raining, and, you know and you're like i've got to go out there and do like five hours on the bike and it's yeah. not gonna be nice but that's just what i gotta do yeah i think characteristics kind of similar to that really helped with kind of business like you know you're not gonna feel like doing it every day but it's what you signed up for and it's what you gotta do so like you get on and do it. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I, I, it's, it's refreshing to hear you say that it's a bit a bit like I said at the
2: beginning about it being sort of you know something of an unsexy business to get into. like mm. the, the amount of people I speak to, you know as an advisor, especially young entrepreneurs that just don't seem, and it isn't it, you know, I, I don't believe in bashing the young generation mm. or anything like that. I don't think it's anything to do with that. I think it's just a people problem. But the amount of people that I speak to generally, that just don't seem to grasp the fact that they need to graft, and they need to, and and they need to show up every day and just get it done. Like you know, come rain, you know, you know, slate. You know, whatever yeah. like uh, they don't seem to grasp the fact that unless you are prepared to do that it generally won't succeed like whatever it is that you put your mind to you know you've got to get your hands dirty you, you've got to get beaten and bruised in order to to come out the other side uh, you know sometimes a winner not not it doesn't always guarantee success either right <laughs> it's yeah. like and you've got to be prepared for that as well that you can go through hell and still it won't work but you've at least got to, to do it and like Yeah, there's people like to moan about, oh, you know, these young generations don't know the meaning of hard work. I don't necessarily agree with that. Um, I think Mm -hmm. there's just always some people in society that don't quite understand that there's a certain amount of hard graft. You've got to put into something in order to see the, the benefits from it. And even then, it can take a long time. Like you're just talking about the fact that you're currently raising and, you know, you're still you're still. Taking a lean approach, and you're still being yeah. careful. It doesn't mean that you do it for two years, and then suddenly you're rolling in money. Like <laughs> it's not how yeah. it works. It, it's a <laughs> you play the long game, right?
1: Yeah, for sure. There's definitely no shortcuts. I feel like, um mm. like some people expect, like, like that you can just do this, do this, and then it'll just like, like you plug the numbers into a spreadsheet, and you just expect it to, to like work and to by. And like, it's completely different for that, like. You put the numbers in the spreadsheet you think oh, well, that'd be nice mm-hmm. and like but you're just not prepared and there's so many things as well that like are outside of your circumstances that it, you know you just get thrown like random curveballs that you've just got to yeah. like deal with and i think especially like for me like obviously i've like literally like walked the streets like knocking doors in the rain to get customers like i feel like that gives you like a really good fundamental like understanding of like the business and how it works it's not like we've came in and you know with no experience and gone let's just build this app and do this and whatever else Mm -hmm. it's like we've only really probably i'd say started to realize the opportunity especially over like the last 12 months once we've understood all the fundamental kind of skills and how everything works and how the industry works and then that puts you in a really good position to go, right, like maybe we can do this and maybe we can build on this. But I think.
2: Well, it's like people always say about like uh, any any building, any business is, you you know, whatever business you choose to build a startup around, you've got to really understand the problem, right? People always Mm. bang on about that. And that, that's this is a perfect example of that in a sense, that you've you've lived it, you've worked it, you've you know, you've you've lived, you know, you were breathing it kind of thing. And so you're you're building yeah. operationally around something that you have a very, very strong understanding of. So it's always going to be, and plus you've got, you know, you've got you've actually built a business based on that understanding first. So you're actually mm-hmm. taking a next logical step and building from it. I, I know a guy, for example, Jamie Trainer. Uh, shout out to him. Uh I should be seeing him tomorrow actually, hopefully, at the um the London startup scene event. Um and uh, he's doing something very similar uh, around building a, a a SaaS platform for um uh driving instructors. Again, another industry oh, cool. that you know is kind of uh you know quite old school in the way that it serves a lot of the time. Um, you know, but bar maybe a few a few businesses out there that mm-hmm. are trying to push the envelope, but it's still, you know, it's still a little bit behind for a lot of people and, and a lot of especially you know, so, solo you know practitioners, if you want yeah. to call them that, as well. So it's a similar sort of thing. Um, and you know, he wants to push that, but he's a driving instructor. He owns a driving instructor's uh, instructing business. He's got other driving instructors work for him, and then he's recognized there's you know, there's areas of this that are outdated. Yeah, like it can Mm. be it can be made better, it can be improved for everyone. Like that is a is a great way to build a business in my opinion. I think he's gonna do very well. I think he's still fundraising, um, similar (laughs) to you, but you know, um, You know, that is a great example, and and really importantly as well, I think, from a practicality point of view, like income is coming in because you run a business that's making money and you're just looking at what's the next stage of this as opposed to I've got an idea, I have no money and I can't make ends meet. Like there's no way you can work on that as a project unless you've got a roof over your head and food on the table. Right. So there's some practical elements to that, too, which you see a lot of startup founders sort of forget how are you going to pay for Mm -hmm. it all, you know,
1: which is a really important thing. Yeah, no. yeah, no, no. I think I actually, I think I actually, I think I actually met Jamie. Is he from? Is he from like Manchester? Is it?
2: I think yeah. so. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. I, I I spoke to him at the last start scene event as well. And I remember right. like we we were just chatting. It was like <laughs> we were chatting. And, you know, you like do your introductions and say who you are and whatnot. And I was like, we like looked at each other and like, you're I'm doing what you're doing in the window cleaning. You're doing what yeah. I'm doing in like, you know, the, the like the driving tuition. So it's kind of interesting really to see like other people um other people like apply like the marketplace kind of model to their yeah. kind of business and i remember we both actually said like we have all every industry had already kind of done this mm. um you know it's been done in so many like you know i know it's been done in like other tuition and you know like pianos and piano lessons and, like all other kind of industries yeah but it seems like you know both of us have found one that's been slightly untouched and kind mm. of spotted an opportunity as well so
2: yeah well that's cool that you yeah it just goes to show that the, the startup scene and you know the ecosystem is is quite you know close-knit in some some respects mm. which is which is great to see but yeah so um and, and yeah going back to what you're saying about the sport so you know you know cycling being quite a brutal sport i mean that's that's a a character building thing isn't it like you know yeah taking part in any kind of sport like that this is why you know I'm, I'm insistent on my son doing some sort of activities that like he's doing swimming now he was doing karate mm. but that's a long story that they just <laughs> they got a bit they got a bit You know, they we, he wasn't quite getting out of it what he used to but like that kind of stuff i think is really important you know whether it's a team mm. sport or a solo sport whatever it is i mean all sports are kind of team sports really in, in some respect <laughs> um but yeah, that's all really important for teaching that kind of determination and that that idea of just keep going and you know get the job yeah. done kind
1: of thing yeah i think you just learn like you just learn so much like discipline and just how it gets just how it gets stuff done and like failing as well like the amount of times yeah. that you crash or like you know you're on the glimpse of success and then something happens you, you know it might be your bike might break or you know something that yeah. is just really uncoincidental learning but to lose
2: i think is important
1: right it's it just,
2: a very important character building thing to loot, to learn to loot to be graceful in loss and and failure yeah. is
1: a very important thing and it, it, it i think it just gives you like a, a few big hits and when i look back now like there was you know there's always the, especially when you're kind of growing up there's always those like kids that like develop really early and like they win everything and right. i think they have like a slightly harder time later on once everyone kind of catches mm. up as well um Cause you know, I was always like the little. I was always like the little guy. Like, if you go in every weekend and you're losing, like, you know, what I mean, you just get used to it. <laughs> and you yeah. like, you've got something to aim for. Whereas if you're like the big guy that's like developed early, like, you probably had a little bit of an easier ride. Yeah. yeah. And and you know, some of them as you know, I'm not saying that like they're not great. I, like some of them are still like exceptional athletes and they perform really well. But I think I think it's just kind of interesting to like how like psychologically as well as a child, like it, it, you know, you, you develop and how you kind of thought process changes as well.
2: Yeah. Well I mean to make a very nerdy uh reference, it always it, it reminds me a little bit of the story of Captain America. Right. Mm-hmm. In that like you know the reason why he was the perfect Captain America was because he was the little guy. You know, he never yeah. he never experienced what it was like to be the big guy. So we understood the importance of that responsibility when he was that. Yeah. Right? It's a Very, very oh, well wow.
1: referenced. <laughs> I've, 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 I've never thought of it in that perspective
2: before. Yeah, yeah. Are you are, are you much of a comic book fan or mm, movie fan? No, either? I go don't. Go back no. and watch. Go back and watch the first Captain America movie, and then it, you'll feel inspired as a result of yeah. my words. I, I will say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And he famously in the movies, when the movies were good, he would, you know, have it famously have a saying, which was, you know, that he would essentially never give up. Like, and you know, he'd get beaten to a pulp yeah. on the ground and they're like, you never stop. And he's like, no, I, I could go all day. And it's like, well, wow. yeah, because he's that he's that kid that used to be a tiny, scrawny kid that, you know, went through this. This I'm getting really into the weeds on, that, <laughs> <laughs> on this nerdiness. But, you know, so, of course, he, he was, you know, that's how he was raised, you know, so that's, that's how, that's oh, how wow. he was built, built different, you know. So yeah,
1: go back and watch that. You might you might take some inspiration from that. Maybe, yeah, maybe I'm, that I'm not. I'm your... uh, for sure. Yeah, I've not. I'm not really one for like films, music, or like TV. So what? No, <laughs> like, none of yeah. No, like literally, I'm like that guy that like goes on Spotify and just clicks like a random playlist they can see on the homepage. So, like my like my understand. I just don't have any interest in you know like. Yeah. It Just doesn't it just doesn't get me excited. So yeah, right. like when people start talking about films and actors and stuff like that, like. You may as well start talking French because <laughs> like, it's just, well, it's look, just I can, something
2: I just know very little about. I can talk a lot about movies and <laughs> and uh, and uh, and music and um, and I can speak French too, so I could I could do both oh, wow. three. <laughs> Maybe I can talk to you about movies in French. Uh, yeah, well, very broken awesome. French, very broken French, but yeah, um, yeah, that's interesting though. I don't you know, like you know does um does the sort of no aspect of I mean I suppose it's just something that's never maybe been on your radar is that is that why that's the case like you know you're so busy with sport and and, and business I, and that
1: I, kind of thing yeah I think so like like especially over the last few years like you know you know I'm sure you know it's like you're in the off you're in the office like 12 14 hours a day mm. so like usually when I get back I, you know you just you're just knock in <laughs> yeah and i might put like, i might put something on but it won't be like a film or anything like that it'll be like something that's like a really easy kind of watch you know maybe like a few right. youtube videos or you know like more like a documentary or something like that i guess as okay. opposed to some kind of fiction something yeah, to just so, allow
2: yourself to, to 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 turn off a bit and
1: to turn off and just like yeah. keep your brain at rest um yeah, yeah. But, i mean uh, yeah like I, I listen to music i listen to music all the time but it's just just don't think it bothers me and you know it probably helps that a couple of my friends are into the music and like you know they're djs and and whatever else as well so if if we're ever together i just you know it's their responsibility they've got they've (laughs) got that covered yeah 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 they they get on the oxcord they do that and like i'm just happy with whatever like i couldn't even match (laughs) i couldn't even get anywhere near matching it so I'd yeah, rather yeah. like allocate. I just so that you know you only have so much bandwidth, and I'd rather like allocate those resources like elsewhere. I guess. Like, <laughs> yeah, like let you make take care work. of the, the, the soundtrack
2: side of things. Yeah. <laughs> well, sure, I mean, yeah. look, if you are going to watch any movie uh, as a result of this conversation, then then Captain, Captain America, America, the First yeah. Avenger, then that's uh, that's the one. Yeah, the story of how he became Captain America. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm just, I'm just making a note of that. <laughs> Are you actually, brilliant. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you if you if you watch all of the the Captain America movies and you get to the last one, you'll understand why you making a note of what to watch is a really funny reference, and anyone watching this will will find that amusing. How, but uh... <laughs> how, how many? How many? How many is there? Um, that's a good question. There's three. Captain America.
3: Okay. Yeah, three.
2: Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, so they're are some of the better movies, I would say, actually, because they're not like, if especially if you're not into the superhero genre as a as a mm-hmm. whole, they're a lot more grounded. They're more like spy things. So the first oh, one's actually okay. set in World yeah. War Two, so it's a World War Two movie, really. Mm-hmm. And then the second and third are more like modern day spy, sort of thrillers, mi- military spy thrillers. Um, oh wow! Yeah, so they're actually a lot more grounded. You know what I mean? It feels like you're watching something a lot more, you know, like, uh, I don't know. Well, I was going to make some references to movies, but you won't know what the fuck I'm talking about. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm <laughs> sorry. No, it's fine. But yeah, it's, so it's easy to watch, especially if you're not into all of that sort of stuff, because because otherwise it can be a bit like, you know, what's going on? Who are these, yeah. you know, fantastical characters? This is just a dude who's, you know, super jacked, who, who's in the military and, you know, he has sort of superhuman strength. That's it. And he's just fighting, you know, other military or terrorist, you know, organizations. So it's a bit easier oh, to wow. maybe swallow than, than some of the other stuff that they do. But um yeah, back when Marvel yeah. movies were good. Um but that's a whole other topic. <laughs> um yeah, so uh what was I gonna ask about? Um yeah, so where whereabouts are you based? Are you based in London?
1: Uh so well we've so I'm I'm actually filming this from so I'm from the northeast of England. I don't know if right. you might be able to tell by my accent. There's a, there's a slight <laughs> accent there, yeah. Yeah. So Grew up in Darlington, which is like probably like half an hour south of Newcastle, mm-hmm. like seaside, Millsborough kind of area. Um, but now we've we've got an office. We've been national. We've got like an office with like a warehouse and like a unit uh, where we keep vans, equipment, all that kind of stuff in Bedfordshire as well. Mm-hmm. So I spend the majority of my time based down there, um, and it just makes it's it just makes everything a hundred times easier, like geographically. Yeah, because it, it acts as like a little hub where like if you know if one of the uh, you know if one of the window cleaners like they break something off they need a part like you know you can probably get we could probably get to most of the loc most of the locations within you know three four hour drive which is still a long mm-hmm. drive but it's better than being in the northeast and then having yeah. a, you know you've got another three or four hours on top of that as well yeah. Um, so we're we're based there, we're based there at the moment. Um it's also great for London, it's like forty minutes into King's Cross on the train. Um, mm-hmm. so it just makes things like super easy. You know, you can if there's like any networking events or like London Startup thing, you can literally just hop into London for a few hours, you know, get back out. Like yeah. That's it's an cheap. And it, it also works really well as well because like I don't really know anyone around there. So so mm-hmm. if I want to socialise then i come up here on the weekends and like see my friends and then like when i'm down there it's like you don't really know anyone so it's literally just focused work. no
2: distractions yeah there's, yeah
1: there's no distractions so what i tend to do is like especially over the summer if i've got like a, a you know something to do on the weekend or whatever i'll you know drive up you know saturday morning and then drive back down sunday evening and then like the block between is just like you just smash it out really like yeah you know yeah. i mean you just, work, you just work and then like you kind of Recover a little bit on the weekend and then mm. kind of repeat as well. But that 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 works that works really well for the moment. Um, yeah, so we'll, we'll probably just keep on, keep on doing that. Really, um I don't think there's any need for us to you know the majority of our team. Well, nearly enough all of our team anyway. They work from home like permanently. Right. So it's you know it's just you know there's, there's probably no need to like get a bigger office or anything like that quite yet. Mm. It'd probably just be a, w- a waste of resources to be honest
2: yeah that sounds cool and 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 what about um sort of going back to you again as a person a mm-hmm. bit more like what about uh family and stuff like that you know obviously you know, like you said you're you're quite far away from your hometown now so you know do you get to catch up with them often and and what about your own family like have you are you do you have a partner are you
3: you um parents? no no
1: no 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 i'm i'm like i guess you could say i'm probably married to the business that's probably like the closest relationship <laughs> right. <I've got>. yeah <laughs>
3: the the, cli- um, the
2: cliche entrepreneur uh, no time for relationships and love kind of
1: thing yeah I mean yeah <laughs> I, I, I guess I guess you could yeah I guess you could say that um, yeah like I'm really fortunate that, that like my family have been like very supportive throughout like the the journey like especially like in the first few years like it was just great like I could be out window cleaning all day and I come back and like my mum's done this like a nice dinner and it's all warm oh, and like you can get like yeah just like not having to think about that i think it's like i'm really kind of grateful for as well mm. um and as well obviously like living at home you know when i lived at home it's it's just it's just easy <laughs> mm. like now i've moved out although uh, you know it's it, it's i don't i just like rent like a room somewhere it's it's a lot it's you know it's like you just have to think about more when you when you live when you've moved out mm. and you, you've got to live by yourself you know you've got like bills and other you know food shops and like all this kind of stuff and like what's for tea Mm -hmm. whereas like when you live at home especially over the first few years like it's just super easy well that's (laughs) that's why i
2: always say to 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 people you know young people living at home still with their their parents or 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 a parent Mm -hmm. that it's an ideal time to just to, to to go and start that that business idea because there are so many areas of life that are taken Away from your area or field of responsibility and worry, and and so it's mm. it's an ideal time to do that because then you know eventually life's going to come in and, and you know slowly these responsibilities are going to drip feed into your life and it's going to kick yeah. your ass a bit. So if you can if you can you know make, take advantage of that that amount of freedom. Um, I mean, I think that's a common thing a lot of people say around entrepreneurialism. You know that, that when you're young, it's a good good ch- opportunity mm. to take those chances. And if you do
1: fail, you've also got a, a, a fail you know a, a fallback as well you know yeah that's that's the thing like, the, 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 like you're gonna have like a roof over your head and and that's yeah and that's you know, the like, yeah.
2: and that's difficult, and it, most important thing
1: table. <laughs> yeah, which, yeah. I, I, think, I think it's great and that's really like you know like you know especially being young I feel like there's a lot like I feel like I've learned so much especially over like the last few years you know employing people like building teams like running like a nationwide company like developing mm. software and like I I feel I probably feel like I'm like mid 40s. Um, Yeah, But I think like, uh, yeah, I I think it's just just, as as you say, like it it just like massively helps like having that. It's like it's just one less thing to think about. And it just means that, like, you know, you know that you're going to be like looked after really. Um, Mm -hmm. So, yeah, very fortunate for that. Um, How how do you
2: find the software things? You just mentioned that obviously that I assume that's something you had zero experience in before going into it, right? So how yeah. did you find that as a as a first time founder? Then you know, exploring the realm of of of, of SaaS essentially. Like you know, did you make some, yeah. some some silly mistakes, some expensive mistakes, or or did you did you really um, sort of spend a lot of time in the research stage to try and avoid that?
1: Yeah. So we so our, our models changed significantly throughout like the last kind of eighteen. Well, since we've been started developing the software. Mm-hmm. Um. One thing I was really kind of clear of with like an agency because obviously you know I'm not a developer I've got no kind of technical background was like I just want to know like what I'm paying for is like what I'm getting if that makes sense right so, yeah that's pretty hard so with like, software development <laughs> yeah yeah so I was like the way I wanted the way I wanted to to run it is I I use like Upwork to like find an agency and they've been to be honest they've been re- they've been really good mm. it's a case of like this is what we're building. This is the project plan. Like, this is what I want. Like, they give you a quote for like each feature. You know, they go away, build the feature, you pay them. If it takes them longer, they still get to pay the same amount. Like, as long right. as you don't start changing like scope of work and stuff like that. Yeah. Because one yeah. thing I was, one thing I was quite kind of cautious of was like, and I think we're kind of quite lucky as well as like, when as we as you said earlier, like we're not in like the sexy tech, mm. so like i kind of knew what i wanted and it was all relatively like basic features there wasn't probably too much kind of R and like
3: yeah it
1: was out there it was a case of like we basically just want to build like a job management system which operates like this really mm-hmm. um and then they broke it they broke, they broke it down into like six milestones and said right each milestones this this is the this is the due dates for each milestone Da-da-da-da-da. they went away And then just and then yeah, it's it's worked really well to be fair. And then now because that's the that's the
2: most um, expensive thing for most SaaS founders, and I can vouch for this too because I've been involved in Mm. it directly, and 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 I'm currently involved in the development cycle for for my business. And what 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 ends up being the most expensive and time consuming thing is the constant iteration, like you touched on there, the changing of the scope of work, because you know. Mm there's this there's a thesis behind the pro- product usually right in that mm. it's not it's not really been 100% tried and tested that the it's an idea yeah. that if I build this thing I have a feeling that people want it because if people have told me they want this that and the other but like a lot of it is guesswork and you're kind of you know yes there's some research there and but more and more you know now it's going more the other way where people are you know check, you know doing product product market fit and you know creating a very low level low code or no code mvp and so we're mm-hmm. going that route but you had the advantage of actually being in the in the industry for the time that you had and you and you knew that it just needed some very simple features to to bring it across the line and that's the ideal scenario because you're not having to continuously change the scope of work or the project, or you don't have a thesis of what people want that you're trying to prove necessarily. It's just the mm-hmm. case of we need these things. I know what they are, go and build them. And that's, that's a huge advantage when working in SaaS because otherwise that, that whole iterative process can be very expensive.
1: It's, yeah, and I think it also becomes like, it, I mean, obviously I don't know, but like it also becomes difficult to manage as well. Like yeah. with me not having a technical background, someone could tell me oh this is going to take 100 hours and it could actually only take them five hours and then they could just mm. be getting paid like like whereas with now not now how it works is like i want this feature it's going to cost this it's going to take this it's going to take this long it's going to cost this much do i think that's a good idea yes or no for the money it's going to cost right. and if if it's no then i do a different feature or we we tweak something else and I think it, I think it's worked really well. Really, it was just, I, in my mind. It was like the safest, possibly like the safest way of doing it without kind of, you know, kind of things going off too far on a tangent. Because the, the last thing I wanted to do was like run out of money halfway through building a software or something like that. Because like yeah, then it just become you then you're just in a difficult situation. You just, then thing.
2: you just got a dead project on your hands, and no one wants that. Right? Yeah. So, so are you going down the app route? or just sticking with web, you know, web version? Uh, like what, what, yeah. So,
1: yeah. So we've got we've got two apps. <laughs> um, we've been literally developing them over the last 18 months and we've currently got our first few locations moved over to them. Mm. So we've got a customer app um, and then we've got like a provider app as well. Right, and then yeah. We've so the proper like a, proper
2: marketplace two app model. That's fantastic. Yeah. B2B. Yeah, and then C. We,
1: yeah. Then we've also got like a, a web booking platform as well. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, when I was looking at it from like a customer and perspective, it becomes if you're requiring a customer to download the app in order to have the service, mm-hmm. like that's that's a massive ask. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So we've already got like thousands and thousands of customers. We can't make. We can't go to all of them and go, right now, can you download the app in order to continue with our service? Because like, yeah. chances are probably ninety percent of them. Yeah, it's got to be, be optional. Aware. So what we did is we built like a, a web booking platform as well. So effectively, you know, you can still go on, you can book your service. It can all be done and paid through for, by the web. Um, but then in order to get like an enhanced customer experience, you can download the app and that'll just give you like additional features like you can message your window cleaner, you can leave mm. feedback, like refer friend schemes, all of that's like within the app. Whereas mm. if you just wanted a very kind of bog standard service, that can all be done and ordered and processed you know online and you get like email confirmation and everything else as well mm. um and then that also allows us to just move all of our existing data over with like without too many complexities um because the customers don't need the app in order to have the service and yeah it, it seems to have worked so far as I said we've only got the first few locations over um there's a couple of bugs that you know we're fixing pretty quick but it's working and then you know, the idea is that we'll hopefully close a fundraising round once everything's slick, once everything's onboarded, um, and then it, literally, then we're 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 like a, at that point, like a tech business within the window cleaning industry instead of like a window cleaning business using tech. Yeah, I'd say. Yeah. Um And then hopefully, you know. That's that's when it becomes be... sexy for
2: investors. Yeah. <laughs> yeah,
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly, like.
2: You just need to to have some mention of AI, and then that's it. You'll get all the money.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, throw throw a a few buzzwords in there.
2: (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. With our new AI window cleaning technology, or yeah, something Mm. like that. Yeah but yeah, uh, yeah it's a great it's a great model I, li- I like what you said there about the app thing i think all too many people are very you know i speak with a lot of businesses or f- founders or entrepreneurs that want immediately to build the app and the app and the app the app and it's mm-hmm. always my the, a guy i work with adrian who we're, we're he's a, a technical advisor and, and fractional cto and we we've started recently offering these um these joint pro bono sessions to mm-hmm. to you know budding entrepreneurs or founders who who are or anyone really who, who is sort of needing advice in both the technical side of things and the commercial side of things and we were talking about this recently in a in a sort of special episode we recorded where a lot of people get very fixated on this idea of an app just because of it it feels like the right it's, thing it's to do yeah 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 it's cool and 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 you've made a really great observation there which is that yeah while it's convenient it's it's you know to for most people to have an app it's not something that people immediately want to adopt like that, that mm. they'll you know you need they need to be ingratiated with your service to a point that they feel like having the app makes interacting with your service or, mm. or product easier um, so that mm. takes time sometimes you know it, or, or for someone like me you know that on the other side of that of which I know I'm going to be a small percentage I would probably download the app immediately because I do everything on my phone to run my life, my business and so on. So like, so for me, that would make sense, but not for everyone. You know, it's not Mm. for everyone to do that. So um, that's a really good observation and an important lesson that people should take away, which is, you know, you don't need to go straight to an app. And plus, it's really fucking expensive to build an app. So it's like, you know, why go straight there? Test your thesis first. Make sure people want it first. You can still run a business on a web based uh, version of a platform first and then see. But definitely don't force people down that route, you know, for sure
1: yeah i I think i think for us as well like i like the the thought thought process behind building app was like we're spending all this money on like job management systems and like sas based products anyway none of them actually like they're all they're all great in their own respect but they're all very disconnected none of them talk to each other and it was a case of like if we pay this to get the app built even if we you know we say the same size like it still pays for itself because we're, we're not going to have to be, pay someone else, you know. So, you know, that that was kind of like the worst case scenario. Is like we do, you know, we do have our job management platform. Once it's built, it's, built, it's a little bit of maintenance, um, but then it saves us, you know, a thousand or so pounds a month on on paying, you know, subscriptions anyway of which you never own it. So yeah, so worst case scenario,
2: yeah. you've got a great back end platform to help run the business um even if yeah. the customers don't adopt it but like you said yeah. i think it's very likely that they probably will what would you say were some of the the the, the, the most surprising things about working with a development team um that
1: you found during uh, during um, that process oh good question um i think it's our, our development team so they're they're based in it's an agency that's based in india now, mm. I, I did meet the CEO in London before the project, which gave me like a lot of confidence. Mm. Um, well, I think like communication is just like super, super important. Like yeah. it's, you know, like sp- speed and communication just being really clear on what you want. And then when you're asking them for a specific task or a feature or whatever it may be, like asking them to kind of, confirm it or repeat it back to you in how they yeah. interpret it because I know especially like in the first couple of months when we were doing it like like you I probably wasn't as clear as I should have been and you don't know it's, especially because there's you know like a like a language kind of barrier mm. we had to make sure that what I was wanting was exactly what they thought I was wanting as well. And then so they'd basically ask questions, say what they thought, I'd go yes, no, da da da, da, da. And then we kind of do it from there because Mm. you don't, when I was like writing like specs or feature requests or whatever it might be, like, you don't know what you don't know, if that makes sense. Like, I don't know how they're going to interpret it. Um, so yeah. And and as well, like we use like different words for things and Mm. you know, like it's a little bit of broken English. I mean, they speak great English, but you know, it's just about making things really clear, concise, and kind of, um, setting kind of expectations really and kind of monitoring it and making sure what you ask for kind of yeah. um, and it gets done. And they've been, they've been, they've been really, really good to be fair. Um, like, you know, I can't, I can't knock them like, the, you know, the, the I've got a couple of devs that are they're basically just full-time on our project mm-hmm. and they're always really responsive. Like they let us know, like if I have any questions, like, you know, they'll stay back like an hour if they book booked and stuff like that, really. So, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd, I'd say that that's definitely made things easier. Um, and as well through doing it through, like, I think I mentioned, we did it through Upwork, mm-hmm. which is like a, like a platform that gave us a lot of confidence as well. Cause I could see that, you know, they've done, I think it was like over a million pounds worth of projects and they've got like a hundred percent feedback or right. like 99% success rate. Mm-hmm. So that just gave me so much because when I was looking at them, I was like, well, I trust Upwork as a platform I've been using it a while um and these guys have these guys have got some really good like statistics here yeah so it's not like you know uh they called outreach to me i'm not saying that like that doesn't work All i'm saying it's like you know it just gave me a lot of confidence with buying and yeah. i had upwork you know as the platform so like the funds were put in escrow and then i had to like review the milestones and sign it off and then they got released to them and it just seems like a really kind of safe way of doing it. Whereas if I didn't have any complaints, like they've got their full business that's being built on that platform, so like yeah. they're not going to want to like do anything wrong that could potentially yeah, they don't want to jeopardize
2: that, re- uh, that reputation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah
1: that's uh, that's that's good. It's a good point because yeah, I get probably
2: at least five times a day, uh, the software development agencies in my inbox. You know, saying, oh yeah. So uh, semi services, and I'm sure you know that some of them are very, very good. But the yeah, the downside to that is, you know even if they do send any links to reviews or, or previous work is it's very manual. I'm, you know, and, and I haven't solicited it, you know, at the end of the day, I'm sure they get business out of it, but, you know, but yeah, I yeah. currently work with, a, uh, with, with our business and um, work with a um, a team based out in India as well. And, you know, it's the mm-hmm. same sort of thing. We had, you know, a huge hiccup at the beginning because of a communication issue where, you know, mm-hmm. we thought we'd explain something very clearly and, and, uh, they, they were working really hard for, you know, like a month on something. And then we came back to review it and we we're like, Oh, you've completely, misunderstood what we were talking about here like we thought we were super clear you know and then it turned out (laughs) we hadn't been and it's like okay so now we need to be even clearer but the the benefit of that you know as well is that it does because it 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 puts you in a position where you both need to sit down and go okay we need to be clearer is you just tighten the screws up everywhere Mm. on the on the process and to avoid that happening and, and 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 also it aligns them a bit more with your vision because by the time you've all made a couple of mistakes together they're like oh okay i think we get where you're going with this and that helps too so then, now we're at a point where you know the the the, the project manager gets, into, you know, so she's the one that actually comes up with ideas. Sometimes she's like, "Oh, you know," yeah, because she could. gets the project now. So it's like, mm. "Okay, well, actually, if we do this, have we thought about how it affect that?" And I'm like, "Oh, fuck no, we haven't thought about that." That's really good, you know. Um, yeah. So that, that that eventually happens, but it's not been without its pain points, you know, for sure. Communication. Yeah. So. And the thing is, you know, even I always say there's a language barrier between um, between. Uh, with dev teams and, and other teams or, or, you know, even like sales teams and marketing and things like that, because mm. it's not just because of actual language barrier and culture barriers. It's because of these, these, these individuals, these professionals speak a different language, you know, it, you oh, know yeah, like engineering <laughs> development language. They already speak a different language. And then on top of that, they, yeah. you know, English isn't their first language. So actually just even working with English speaking, you know, native English speaking uh, developers yeah. is difficult because they you still need to have that over communication to some degree with them, you
1: know? Yeah, mm-hmm. I, I think as well, like, it's really like I've I've made so I've made a little bit of an effort to try and understand, like, the very basic fundamentals of the platform as well. Yeah. So it's like so like what tech stack are you using? Like, how does that work? Like, just watch some like YouTube videos on it and like how it's built yeah. because like there might be a time when, like, I can't. Like, I don't know if they have, like, so, you know, if, they, if it's a Sunday or something happens. Like, mm. fair enough, I won't be able to do it, but I might be able to, like, understand the problem and potentially, like, think of a workaround for the yeah. time being. Um,
2: in the same way so, that they're understanding over time what it is you do and what you want, yeah. you're doing the same with them. Where you don't, they don't need to be an expert on your business, in the same way you don't need to be an expert on theirs. But it definitely helps. Ooh create that synergy and and and, yeah. and make the communication process a bit easier right yeah you definitely don't need to be suddenly become a developer you know a software engineering expert but having a base understanding helps doesn't it to some degree yeah for yeah sure yeah yeah especially right. when it comes to problem solving when things go wrong yeah because yeah you might yeah. have an you know because you might have an idea and you've got the the, the benefit of that of the of the understanding the full scope of the project too. Mm. But how, how do you find it in terms of time management? Because there's a lot of, you know, even just saying there, you know, like speaking with a team, you know, updating mm. them, you know, coming up with sprints of work, scope, you know, putting up the scope of work, like did that did you have to sort of structure the business in such a way where you you could put yourself in a position to then really focus on that? Or had you already kind of worked up to that by that point uh, so it wasn't too too disruptive to to you and the and the business?
1: Yeah, I'd I'd say we probably, I'd say we probably like worked up, worked up to it. Um, mm. For us, like, obviously, yeah, I think they're they're about four and a half hours ahead, I believe. Yeah. So what works really well is, you know, they're kind of mid-morning is our early morning. So if I ever need to, like, communicate with them or, like, do anything on that side of things, it's a case of, like, I can get it done, like, before 8 a.m. when, mm. like, everything else isn't happening quite yet. Yeah. Um speak with them, get have the meetings at that time, and then effectively like they know what they're doing and then I can kind of continue the rest of the day without any too without too many kind of like changes or messages and stuff like that as well. Mm-hmm. Um we've we've massively ran over on the duration of the project, but I think that was to do with kind of the changing features and not necessarily knowing what I wanted when I first set out. Right. Um and kind of you know you know sorry let me just close that. And like how the business and how the business has changed um as well over like the last 18 months. Mm. Um we've had to tweak a few features, but you know, like we kind of knew probably like 80, 90 percent what we already wanted. And it was just a case of kind of, you know, a lot of the features are very like you know, box standard, like sign up, password changes, like job management, like they're fairly easy. I think it's the more mm. kind of technical and intricate ones. Um we've had to that we've had to work on that take a little bit more time but what i find what i literally do is i'll just film like a loom video and send them it yeah yeah, like a spreadsheet of like what i want and it just i think it just gives them a bit of like clarity and confidence as well so and like
2: you said before there's there's you know you don't know what you don't know there's always there's bits that you just have never considered that just you know come up it's like oh so you want people to do this and log in okay well what about this this and this and you're like, oh shit i exactly. never even thought of that <laughs> like, i have to go yeah. away and think about it and come back to you you know um yeah, yeah. That, that 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 comes with uh, that comes with just doing it again and again and having experience on it i guess yeah you know? for sure
3: yeah yeah
2: but that's uh but that's great. that's a great endorsement of we work though um you know you should uh you should think about getting a sponsorship from them that's a good endorsement <laughs> um yeah
3: but yeah
1: but uh,
2: so, so um so in terms of working with a tech team as well um you know how have you found I mean, like, what what do you do now until you mentioned about their sort of loom videos and i'm just sort of th- i'm asking you this more just so anyone listening could maybe take some inspiration away from this because this is a, is a tough one so do you um do you have any kind of regularly scheduled catch-up meetings like are you managing things generally quite sort of uh hands-off in terms of the team like just checking their sort of their work on jira or, or you know how, how are you sort of keeping them yeah. you know in touch on progress and and things like that.
1: Yeah, so I think, uh, yeah, great question. So when we when we first started, we all had it. We had like a Google sheet, and it was a case of like, we had a Google sheet, and then we had like a tab along the bottom, one for each milestone. We had like six milestones, mm. and it was literally a breakdown of like, um, like customer feature, like customer app, staff app, web, and that's and like mm. kind of super admin as well. And then basically just like the features, the hours, the due date, the completed date, any comments, and then me signing it off. And then effectively, what they did is they just worked through that full milestone, said, right, Ralph, please, can you review it? I'd review it. I'd sign it off and say, right, we need to change this, 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 and this, or this. And then and then once I'm happy, then we'd move on to the next milestone. Mm -hmm. Um and we did that for like the we did that for like the first 12 months. I think the spreadsheet worked the spreadsheet worked pretty well because it was like it was basic. Like yeah, and like it like I knew how to like use a spreadsheet. We were we're on Trello now, but I think that's because now we're the more like specific features are the more kind of you know, it might be like a couple of bugs and stuff like that as well. Mm, yeah. So effectively, you know, now we've got Trello, it's just like we've got like an I one thing I'd recommend as well is having like an ideas column. Yeah, so like literally somewhere just to like bring <laughs> So, like, I'll be on a walk or on a run or whatever, and I'll be like, oh, my, like, you know, when someone just comes to you at, like, 3 a.m. in the morning, you're like, yeah, right, yeah. Let's, just, let's just jot that down and just dump it there. Mm-hmm. And then, so we've got this, like, we do have this, like, one column It's just, like, random ideas that, like, some of them are great, some of them are, are terrible. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then what we do is we we effectively, like, the ideas that we think we have got legs that we want to implement, we basically say, right, how many hours is this going to take, put it into, like, approved idea, they set a due date, they do it, they roll it out, they get me to test it and then, you know, once I've tested it, sign it off hopefully. If mm-hmm. not, we'll go back and test it some more, do a few changes and then, that's generally just how we work really. Um, are you are you in some ways restraining yourself with some of these ideas as
2: well to be like, okay, this is a great idea, but maybe for future. I, we don't really need this right now. Have you, have you, yeah. Are you already building like a, 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 a an idea of what the next version might look like as a consequence of that?
1: Yeah, I think for us as well, like, we're still, I'd say, like, early stage in the whole tech world. Mm. Um, so for us, like, it's like we have this idea, but for the time it takes and the money it's going to cost, it's probably not going to be viable for the moment. Right. So just leave it there. Maybe when we, you know, maybe when we hit, like, 20, 30, 40,000 customers, then that idea will effectively just pay for itself through, like, the increase in efficiencies or... yeah. You know yeah. making things better at, at that point but until we're there like the resources probably could be better allocated on doing this it's going to have a bigger impact on you know the customers or the window cleaners or whatever it is for the moment as well yeah so yeah. you know we we do have two devs at the moment full time but obviously like there's only so much they can do so mm-hmm. we're just kind of focused on what's going to drive the biggest impact really and you know what's going to get us the best bang for the buck um, well,
2: it's exciting. It's exciting. I'm yeah. looking forward to seeing it all, and and you know, um, hold on, my my headphones are just running out of battery. I was gonna plug them in oh. quick. How are they running out of battery yeah. already? Days are started. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to seeing to seeing it develop, and um, and do you have a, a a sort of a rough estimate of when you're hoping for it all to be done and re- at, least uh, at least the, the initial uh, version done and
1: released. Well, it's it's all released at the moment. So, like, you can go to the app store, you can download it. Oh, really? You can sign Is it? Up. Yeah, yeah, Absolutely. yeah. But we don't. It's called Tidal Services. Yeah. Um But we don't have we don't have like all of our existing data over. The oh, I see. Okay. So, yeah. Because for us, it's like there's a big challenge with porting all that existing data over from like the products that we're that we're currently using and like making sure it, yeah. it goes to plan and there's no messy, like. So any new locations that will launch, they're straight to the app because they're easy. You know, you starting from scratch. The mm-hmm. problem's going to be kind of moving the existing data over and making sure that there's there's not too many problems. So we we it's going to take us a little bit of time to do that. Um, yeah. But yeah, no, like the, the app you can currently download it, log in, yeah, I'm looking like, at it now. Yeah, I'm area, sure you, you can book a service. Yeah, so. Yeah, I'm gonna download yeah. it just to have a look.
2: I'm just curious. I want to play. I know there's no one in my area yet, but I'm just—I just like having a look at uh, what people built. You know, it's cool. Yeah.
1: Well, hmm. if, if when we when when we expand to where uh, Eastbourne, I'll have to I'll have to shoot you up. I could do you, uh, do you like a discount code or something?
2: Yeah, that'd be great. That'd be, I just realised there's an app in the App Store called Rock Identifier. Stone what? ID. Identifier. A rock identifier. You can oh, identify wow. any rock with <laughs> That's brilliant. That's interesting. I don't know. <laughs> oh, right, so for, like, gemstones and stuff like that. Okay. But is the thing see, is... Do you, like, scan, a, scan of rocks, or, like. Yeah, I you scan know. a rock, apparently. The thing is, though, I don't really understand... Sorry, this is massively going off on a tangent, but, like, I don't really understand. So, like, look, actually, if you can see the... the... Is it going to blur it? Yeah, it's oh, going to blur it. Oh, it's blurred, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, but, yeah, the thing is, though, rocks, this is a bit of a... Yeah, definitely a bit of a tangent, but, like, it will identify something if it's cleaned and polished and cut, right? But if you're just picking a rock off the ground, all rocks look pretty much the same. Like, it's, how is it going to identify mm. a muddy rock? And that's weird. I don't know. I'm just being and how is I'm it, very how curious
1: they, about that. How would they monetize that as well? Like, do people pay subscriptions to, like... It says in-app purchases.
2: So, yeah, must be. Okay. I mean, look, some, so people, are really yeah. Yeah, some people are really into rocks. Yeah, some people Yeah, yeah, exactly so but the thing is if you're really into That's rocks presumably you'll be able to look at a rock yeah. and know what it is like you know yeah. i would imagine so i don't really know yeah uh, it's, 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 there's it's, an app it's, for it's, everything it's, these days man like it's yeah. just crazy it's an crazy yeah. thing uh Yeah, I was going to make another reference to a TV show then, but yeah, I just realized you wouldn't have got it. So, <laughs> <laughs> documentary,
1: I stand a little bit more. I no, little I was, bit no,
2: it was a Rick and Morty reference, so I'm not sure
1: if you're missing out on so many amazing <laughs> I shows. Yeah, um, I, need, I need to level up.
2: Yeah, I, I'll, I'll compile a list at some point and send it over to you of like, you know, some of the, the first things you absolutely must check out. Um, yeah. Yeah. Great. Sorry, I'm just getting distracted now by all of the weird apps in the app store. There's all kinds of weird things yeah. in here. Most of them are AI based now. It's insane. AI AI yeah. based and dating based. That seems to be the main uh type of app that is on the app store these days. But um mm. yeah. Great. Well look, so um, are you going to the um to the uh networking event tomorrow?
1: Yes, I'm I'm planning on getting the train down from the northeast. Oh, uh yeah, so it should be good.
2: Are you, are you yeah, going to be yeah. there? I am, yeah. I'm oh, helping yeah. out, actually. I'm, I'm, I am I volunteered to help out. That was the very first one I went to. Um, I help, I volunteer to help out because I just wanted to... I don't know. I just feel like it's a good... I, 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 I get a bit socially awkward, believe it or not, in, in social situations unless I feel like I've got a purpose there, right? Yeah. And while networking is something of a purpose, I I feel like... Unless I, I don't know, I just feel a bit awkward just going up to random strangers and talking to them. So volunteering was a really good way for me to be able to break that because I had a reason. Like I had to help people with their wristbands and stuff. So it gave me an excuse to talk to everyone and it just made me feel a little bit more at ease. Like it helped me deal with my anxiety a bit better. So was
1: it was the first one the one in weather was it in the Weatherspoons? I i i wasn't, it wasn't part of the
2: very one. first one uh, but oh, the okay. first one i went to was it uh, where was it at um oh god what was it called um that underground uh yeah, it was like a... place with the like the bat cave type thing um oh god what was it called i can't remember the name of the venue now like, um hmm. Yeah, but re- really nice venue. it's like under yeah underground yeah. huge restaurant, and then right at the back were the uh, was where we, we we were located. The event was located in like the venue okay. function room thing. That was the first one I went to. Um, okay. Yeah, really really yeah. nice. Uh, oh
1: god, it's really cool. Yeah. It's a really good format of events as well, isn't it? Like having the pitches. Mm. Like I think it gives founders and a really good opportunity where like you probably wouldn't get that elsewhere. Yeah, and even yeah. just like network with like like like-minded people. Sounds a little bit of a bunch <laughs> Like, yeah, well, it's,
2: I mean, it's like I said to you when we first met. Like, the reason why I love doing this and why I love you know doing my job and you know as an advisor is speaking to founders because I think founders are just the, the perfect amount of crazy for me um to get on yeah. with. You know, and and as a founder myself, like that's you know, there, there's, there's definitely a certain personality associated with, with being a a, a a bit of a crazy entrepreneur or founder. And that's,
1: and, you know, there there's a,
2: there is a, um, and I talk about this almost every time I speak with someone, but it's a really important thing to, to mention, there is a certain level of loneliness that comes with, you know, being a founder and, and yeah. running your, your own business that it is quite isolating, you know, because it is, it is all you focus on, like you just mentioned, you know, you're, 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 you're going hard and fast, like Monday to Friday, and, you know, mm. you know, some early mornings, late evenings, like the bit, the focus is the business and very few people understand that, really, you know, if they're not in it, and they're not doing something similar in their own life, it's quite a difficult thing to relate to. Um, yeah, so getting a chance to speak with other people to kind of get that is is nice. And, you know, you can you can actually have a conversation about your business and you make people's eyes glaze over. You know what I mean? Like
1: yeah. people that genuinely yeah, like, interested. People, yeah, genuinely interested in, like, some people have some like really like, like there's so many, there's such a diverse like range of like startups and businesses and like what people are like trying to achieve as well. And like, I feel like everyone kind of like supports each other. Yeah. Like, especially in the, especially in the UK, I feel like, like some people like, like they look down on or like they don't get it or like, mm-hmm. it's kind of cool to like, kind of shit on something. Yeah, whereas yeah. like in like that whole like environment and you know it's like everyone's kind of supportive of each other like people offer like hints and tips and what's worked for them and like you can learn bits as well you know it, i think it just works really well and it, it kind of yeah like cultivates this like really kind of nice atmosphere um yeah
2: it's a very positive environment for sure like you know compared to some other networking events i've been to where it feels a little bit like and you know, everyone's trying, trying to blow smoke up each other's asses and you know it's a bit it's a bit of yeah i don't know a bit of false
3: mm-hmm. i think
2: the reason why Fasilis made this one so popular is because it's you know just very it's organic and it's quite raw it's just a, yeah. a load of people getting together and just you know yeah and doing these these sort of stand-up pitches it's like an open mic thing isn't it and it's just there's something there's something about that which is just i don't know it it doesn't feel as um uh as formal basically and as and as and as yeah. as some of these other events where it's like limited spaces and you know you've got 20 minutes to, to prepare this thing and it's all very st- too structured to the point yeah. where, like it feels like an exam you know it feels like you're showing up to an exam yeah time. um so yeah this feels more social than it does professional but it's the right balance between the two i think for sure yeah
1: yeah, yeah no, I, I think it yeah i think it Think it works really well to be fair yeah. it's grown seriously quick as well hasn't it like yeah yeah insanely crazy. I, the numbers are crazy i think at the last one was like 250 300 people or something like yeah it yeah was crazy yeah, yeah
3: and it
2: was crazy because i had Vasily on uh, one of these um episodes uh a few months back um and i was under the impression uh, after having met him and volunteering at one of his shows and, and then getting him on to talk about his business and and the and the networking events and I, i've been the impression of me doing it for like you know a year two years something yeah. like that. because of the amount of people that showed up he was like oh, I don't know if i've been doing it three months I'm like what yeah that you've you'd only done like two or three of them before that and it's like yeah it just absolutely blew up and i think that's just a testament to the format basically of, yeah oh of, yeah of what you're just saying you know but that that's what people want you know and, and mm-hmm. like you said really importantly it's a really diverse range of businesses and people it's not like just SAS or it's not just, you know, it's not like, it's industry agnostic. It's like, whatever you're doing, you know, there are some people I've met there that they're starting a, you know, a car valet, 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 valeting. What's the word I'm looking for? Car valeting, what is it? Valeting. valeting, that's it, valeting, valeting. Why well, do I forget oh, okay. the word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is the problem with having French <laughs> heritage. You, you, you pick apart French words and you're like, how do you say it in English, weird. <laughs> yeah. um, I have the same problem with the word restaurant. sometimes I can't pronounce the word restaurant because I'm like, is it restaurant or restaurant anyway yeah um, uh, uh, yeah, like you know car that one uh, and uh, <laughs> you <Atlantic laughs> business and like you know stuff like that, and then you've got people who are building like hugely complex you know b 2 b enterprise level SaaS. and like you know it's a really diverse range yeah. and that's and that's really refreshing because of you know mm. ordinarily you go to these events and it's quite specific so you don't really get that. You just end up having the same conversation again and again, and again. You know. Yeah. So it's uh it's quite and there's merit in that too because obviously people like to come together are doing the same things. So like there are some events that's focused specifically on like marketplaces, for example, and that can be quite useful because everyone can share, you know, stories and learn from each other on and building a very specific type of thing, um, which is good. And there's obviously a lot of AI, you know, get together's now and stuff like that. But yeah. But um. But it's just it's not it's just nice to have something a bit more general. And especially great for yeah, me yeah. because I love speaking with people with a variety of different backgrounds and focuses and mm-hmm. stuff like for me, variety is the spice of life. So it's like, no, it's, it's like a perfect place for me to speak with people, provided I can get over the anxiety to do that in the first place. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Starting start a podcast is a, a big step, isn't it? Like you've done well doing that. Yeah, but you see, it's the funny thing, like I'm fine in this sort of situation. It, I'm fine if there's a, a very clear purpose to to it, right? Um, but it, it it's odd because if then at the same time, like I said to you at the beginning, like we would, you know, this isn't an interview. I'm not gonna sit there with a bunch of questions. Like that would create even more anxiety for me because then it's like, oh, yeah, it's you know, am I asking, like- you know, you know that was a stupid question Uh, you know and i'm sure i ask stupid questions but at least if it's done in this way and it's more conversational i don't feel like i I haven't got the pressure or expectation on myself to like you know sit down and write a bunch of good questions ahead of time and so on so i don't know yeah i guess you're right i'm I'm absolutely fine once i'm speaking with someone i think it's Mm. more just the introduction bit of just walking up to someone and just being like you know yeah hey man
1: it's like what what about if i walk up to them and like they don't want to talk to us or like, and it, yeah. it's never happened. It's never happened. Like, no. everyone you approach like, <laughs> awesome. just. Yeah. I think it's just like the oh, whole, like, what if, like, what about if I go walk, like, all the way over to this this guy over this corner of the room? Like, he watches me walk over and then, yeah. like, doesn't, I don't know, he might not even speak. Like, it's never happened, but like, yeah. Because <laughs> the, like, the,
2: yeah, the bit that actually makes me most anxious is that normally people are already talking. And, and so, yeah, and so walking got, uh, up like... and just like butting in feels really rude. I think there's a certain amount of it that comes down to feeling rude that I'm worried about, you know. Mm. Um, and it's weird because I've been in conversations with people plenty of times at these events where someone's just come up and started joining in. And I haven't been offended by that at all. No. Like so, so yeah. I should know that it's fine, but for some reason I just overthink it. And I think that's you know maybe if I do it, I'd be I'd interrupt a private conversation or you know I, I'll derail them and or you know take away their focus. So that's what worries me most of the time. I think if someone's on their own, I'm okay because I'm like, hey man, you're right. Yeah. like You know, why aren't you talking to anyone? Like that's okay, but it's that that's the one where I'm a bit like, oh no, they're they're busy. I don't want to disturb them kind of thing. I, you know,
1: I, I think you can kind of tell as well, can't you? Like. Like if you walk past a couple of people and they're talking like you can tell if like they're having like a deep conversation yeah or yeah. whether they're just like or whether they're just like small talking yeah and yeah. like you know if, maybe if like you walk past them and like you catch a bit of eye contact or something like that then i'm like mm, like i might roll a dice here and give it, a, <laughs> give it a shot whereas if like you walk past them and like none of them like look up or like move their heads or anything i'm like maybe yeah. i'll
2: just keep going to the next person I think I think also a level of it is to do with the fact that I, I know I can be somewhat abrasive sometimes, right? In that I'm not a huge fan of small talk. I like I like to yeah. talk about ideas. I like to talk about big things. I like to, you know, ask questions like you know, like this. You know, I like to mm-hmm. I like to know, you know, what makes you tick? What's your philosophy? What do you think about the fact that we're all gonna die one day? What do you think about the fact that the, the, yeah. the universe yeah. is this infinite cosmos that is a void and you know, like you know, all this kind of stuff. And people are just like, Oh fucking hell, I'm just here for a free beer, mate. Like calm down, you know. So like, I know what that I'm I can having- be a little bit intense sometimes and I'm a bit I'm i I'm a bit aware of where of that, of like, do I really want to just go and insert myself into someone's existence in that way? You know,
1: but I think I think people really kind of like it as well because I, I feel like small talks one of them <laughs> things where like no one really likes doing it, but they feel like they've got to do it. Whereas yeah, if yeah. you come in and you just you just like straight in, like, what's the meaning of life? Like, <laughs> like where you want to be yeah. in like five years? Yeah. Kind of thing. Like, yeah. I, I think personally, I think i probably respect it and be like, you know what, yeah. like. I've always wanted to do that, but I've just back, not done
2: it. Back up the claim as to why you believe in the existence of God. Go, like... <laughs> yeah,
3: yeah, 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 yeah. But uh, like, and this
2: is the other thing as well, that I think that I've become very aware of with my communication is that, I like, I like to be argumentative and not not in the sense of, like, just, you know, picking fights with people, not in the, mm. in the sense that people think about traditionally with arguments, like raised voices and so on, but I like to... You know I play devil's advocate, I like to to, like to, to play around with ideas. Yeah. yeah. And and mm. I'm just as clueless as, you know, maybe the person I'm speaking with. But um but I'm aware of the fact that for some people who don't really have that communication style, who don't who don't mm. like to do that, that can seem like it's argumentative in the negative sense as opposed to argumentative because of the enjoyment of the discourse. And so that mm. can be misinterpreted sometimes as as being combative when it's not. It's passion and it's and it's it's the it's the excitement for conversation and it's the excitement for exploration. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. what it is. And so I'm also wary that, you know, because I've had that feedback in the past <laughs> and, and been misinterpreted, you know, um that mm-hmm. that I'm like, oh, okay, I don't want to give the impression that I I'm, I'm just like that. And so yeah, you get into your own head with these things, and that's where anxiety comes from in these social situations. You overthink yeah. all of that. Um but uh but yeah. yeah, but but when I meet someone that's on the same wavelength, then that's it, man. Like we're going for hours, we're talking and talking, <laughs> uh, you know. And it's interesting because yeah, from the direct. outside, people think, "Well, are these two people arguing?" And it's like, "Well, yes, but no. Like we're having a conversation." Like, <laughs> <laughs> you know? yeah, 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 yeah. But it's I, a, I, I a, it's a dying it, art form, I think.
1: I think it's a good experience as well. though. Like, especially like if you like you're looking to like raise investment or stuff like that, like. On investor calls, it's very like I find anyway. Like you would be on there for like an hour, an hour and a half, and mm. it's like boom, 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 and like you need to know your stuff, and like yeah, yeah, you know I mean like they're going to be asking like all kinds of questions, and like you kind of need to be like be able to hold yourself, and like yeah, if you don't know any specific information, just say like sorry, I don't know that, but like I'll go yeah. away, find the answer, and get back to you. Yeah. Um, but, but
2: not so, to get defensive, as well, is a really important thing
1: because yeah, a lot of people get... make
2: that mistake i think where they take some of the questions per- they start taking it personally and feeling like it's an attack yeah. like I, I had that recently with um, with someone who who made the claim that it was because she was a female founder she felt like she was being grilled mm-hmm. more unfairly than than her male counterparts would have been and i i made the the argument that well first of all you haven't been privy to any of those conversations with other male founders to make that statement so that that's you're making a yeah, huge assumption false statement. there yeah. It is a very bold statement yeah. to just bring it down to your sex. I think it may be true. I'm not saying it's not true, but it's unlikely, right? Um, that mm. you're just, you, and, and what, what's probably happening is you didn't prepare. You've not been in these situations that often. And in fact, what he's doing is, is his due diligence. He's asking questions and it might feel like he's grilling or being unfair or trying to put you into a, into a a difficult situation where in fact what he's Mm. simply doing is he's he's making sure that you've got the level of competency that if he gives you his money (laughs) you're going to be able to turn that into more money and that's a pretty fair thing to do like you know so you you can't you can't react emotionally to that or defensive from that you've got to just Mm. engage in it for what it is which is uh, a discourse it's someone wanting the information to, for them to be able to make an effective decision. And sometimes those questions are going to be difficult to answer and they should be because money shouldn't yeah. just
1: be given to you without you trying, <laughs> having to do yeah. something in return for it. Right. Yeah, exactly. I, I couldn't, I couldn't agree more. And I think as well from like, like from like an investor's perspective, I guess, like, you know, I'm assuming they get hundreds of decks a week. Oh yeah. You know? Yeah. Like, like they're not sure of founders. So like they basically need to try and, filter through yeah as many as possible and try and find them like golden nuggets Absolutely. and like you know i mean like i guess like to, the, you know it's it's good to like build a relationship and use it as like a learning experience and you know whatever else as well but at the end of the day like they're investing money like if you're potentially getting worried about that at this stage like what you're gonna happen when like nothing goes to plan and like yeah. you know, i mean like this is like possibly like one of the smallest problems you know, you know you're going to deal with and you know i mean like yeah and how are you going to react go when you have like, a you know disgruntled employee
2: you know sat in front yeah. of you and are you going to take that personally or you know how are you going to work deal with Uh, a freelancer that that's you know rubbed you up the wrong way or or a customer or you know future Mm. finances like if you if you're 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 reacting emotionally in that situation and taking things personally in that situation it tells them everything they need to know about how you're going to conduct yourself as a a, you know so under pressure Mm. which is going to increase over time you know throughout the future so yeah it's 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 less Mm. it's less about actually the contents of what you say and more about what you say like you said you know if you don't know something the best answer is i actually don't know I, I, that's the first time I've been asked that, or I hadn't even considered that. Probably stupidly, I should have, you know, thought about that. But I don't know. I can mm-hmm. come back to you on that one. That is far yeah. more important than, try, you know, even having the right answer, but saying it in a way that comes across as defensive mm-hmm. or, or uncertain oh, yeah, or anything. Yeah, yeah. It's just about it's about how you conduct yourself, which is more important because it, it also mm-hmm. shows the capacity to learn and grow and develop and, you know, be mm-hmm. better and being self-aware is an incredibly important thing too. I've yeah. just been like, I probably should have researched that. So thanks for bringing that up. Um, I will make sure I have that information for you. That shows, okay, he's open, he's honest, and he's prepared to learn and recognize that you made a
1: mistake. Those, that that's yeah. immediately investable, <laughs> you know, Yeah. Very investable. Yeah. Exactly, and I think as well, like taking notes of like your investor calls and like what questions they're asked and like making sure that you can prepare for them in the future so like obviously i'm not like i'm by no means like an expert but from the calls i have done like i try and kind of take like take notes of every single question yeah and then like try and build that information potentially into the deck if you can without it being too complicated or like yeah. identifying the biggest just because what i found is it's always like the same kind of like two free questions like yeah. they always ask and like if you go in now and like you're prepared for those questions and you've got like like a boom 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 like I think it just—it probably just gives a little bit more confidence that you have kind of already thought about it, you've yeah, kind of anticipated it, and you've got a solution and kind of how to deal with it. Really, you know. What are those
2: questions? Would you say those two, sort of same two or three questions you get?
1: So, so, our big, our biggest question is: what's stopping what's stopping the window cleaner from circumventing the platform and right. basically putting us out and going to them directly? And the the answers are: first of all, it's a it's a breach of. Agreements. so like if they get caught doing that they're instantly kicked from the platform it's like a a hard no um we also like to think that we can justify our commission by effectively like increasing the service to the customer and increasing the service to the window cleaner if we were to cut out then they'd be doing like they would have to deal with like cash and bank transfers and they wouldn't know when they're coming and The customer also wouldn't get that reassurance that they're offering the best service as well as kind of guarantees and and stuff like that as well, which which they get through the platform. Um, And for us, like now when I go on an investor call, it's like, right, we've got them three main points. Chances are they're going to ask this, like this is how we're going to deal with it, Um, as well as kind of tracking it through the app and like open times and like, you know, the locations and stuff like that as well. Or like um, you said actually getting ahead of the question and providing that information before
2: they even ask it that's like handling an objection essentially before it comes up in sales right it's the same kind of thing
1: yeah yeah so yeah exactly Exactly. so like in our deck i don't know well i don't know whether it's a good decision or a bad decision but all i've added is like a risk slide right. so it's like what are like the three biggest risks to the business and like mm. what have we done ahead of time to try and prevent that mm. so like obviously like a recession or like you know other window cleaners, or you know, the competition and stuff like that as well. And then we've put like a, a risk in, in the solution as well. Mm. But I think that's 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 it with like with any kind of like marketplaces. So you're always going to get trying people trying to like circumvent it and cut out the middleman. Oh, cool. But like, yeah, yeah, Same same reason as I mentioned to like Upwork earlier, and like why even like eighteen months down the line we're still using them is because like I trust that platform and like the commission that they take. Like I'm reassured that if they don't deliver on what they say they're going to deliver, like the funds don't get released. Yeah. And I think, and I think that's a really great slide to have.
2: That. Yeah. Sorry to interrupt. Yeah. yeah.
1: Yeah. But I think that's a really great
2: slide to have that that risk slide that, that I've you know, not heard very many people talk about that. But that's a really good thing to include because, it again, it shows what you're like as a founder, mm. that, that you're a person that's thinking about these things, even if it may have been born out of these questions you were asked, it's still showing that you have taken that on board and you've actually thought about it. You've not just gone, oh, that's stupid fucking questions. You know, why should I bother? You know, you've actually taken it yeah. on board and you're doing something about it. And and by the sounds of it, you're taking it quite seriously as like, actually, these are really good questions. I should think about these things. We should have a bit of a safeguard for them. But like to your point mm. about, you know, why a lot of people why certain marketplaces are successful like um thinking back to my you know my experience in working with booksy and bringing that to the uk market and mm. later working with others um, in a similar vein you know some of the biggest uh, areas about it yeah of course the service providers the partners can always leave if they want to right you know yes mm. there's a contract they could breach but if they wanted to they could just end the contract it, they it, could still yeah. leave That's not the point. What makes it sticky is, yeah, for them, there's a whole load of services and tools there that they should hopefully find useful. Mm. If they outgrow them at some point, fine. We'll find someone else. It's not the end of the world. But ideally, Mm. they would find that sticky enough to stay there. But more importantly, it's the customer experience that you just talked about with the example of WeWork. Generally, Mm. in these sort of platforms, and I assume yours may have something similar or will, you know, there's generally a reviewing process in there, right? And that yeah. review process is, is specific for the platform. And generally, only people that have had a confirmed and seen booking can leave a review, which suddenly mm. increases drastically the validity of those reviews. It, they're not, they're not going to be fake. They're not going to be anyone leaving the review. Mm. So it's not like on Google or Facebook where anyone can leave a review. So suddenly the validity of mm. that goes right up, which means there's a level of trust in the end users exactly. using the platform cannot be taken everywhere else and the businesses know that too right Mm. the 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 window cleaners know that too so that that's where the the stickiness is for the platform so yeah people could leave of course they could if they really really wanted to but it's made far more unlikely by the fact that there's a there's a platform there that is providing a trustworthy level of service and experience and it's repeatable you know, the ease yeah. for use associated with it. And I think that's a really important thing because of trust is, is a huge thing when it comes to, especially if you're getting someone to come to your house. Right. Yeah, for it,
1: something. It, yeah, yeah, exactly. If it's, you know, if it's a £20 job and we're taking like a, a 20% £4 commission, like for the customer, it's like, what is £4? It's like, it's a, it's a meal deal. You know what I mean? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. it's just not, it's not worth risking it. Even if they said, mm. you know, we'll do it for you know we'll do it for 15 quid it's like you're only saving a fiver really plus you're gonna have to deal with them all privately like yeah and i think one thing we're really kind of focusing on is making sure that our commission can be easily kind of justified and it provides fair value yeah like if we were taking like a 50 percent commission then i think you're probably gonna you know you're probably gonna like incentivize that a lot more and you're probably gonna get a lot more kind of problems whereas you know as long as we're true as long as we're fair and like this isn't like a new problem that like no one else has had to deal with. Like Uber's had to deal with this, like Uber's mm-hmm, had yeah. to deal with this. Like all of these marketplaces have this problem. So like, what can we learn from what they've done and how they've tried to prevent it and implement mm-hmm. that ourselves? You know, like, um, and, I and, think and, and, really
2: and the biggest thing about marketplaces do. as well that people forget to talk about, but is the ultimate goal of the marketplace is that eventually it will be a source of leads for businesses, right? Once you get to a certain scale, that's that's what ends up what what's happen, happens, right? You When yeah. you create the network effects in your desired locations and you work as long as I mean, that's a strategy that I'm very familiar with and I've seen done wrong time and time again. But actually, the scaling part is a very difficult part. But if you're executing that correctly and, and going about it, you know, in a very methodical geographic sense. What you end up with is a situation where the benefit for the business is beyond what you're initially providing, which is the, you know, the trustworthiness, the platform and, you know, taking care of the admin and all that. Now, suddenly people could join and they would have a load of people using the platform or joining the platform, wanting to use their services. And then suddenly it's lead lead generative and that's incredibly powerful. And likewise for anyone then joining the platform as a customer, they know they can go on there and find someone instantly. So that you know that's yeah. that's the future proofing of it mm. is once it gets to that scale, it adds a whole other dimension to it, which is that you know the value is is beyond it just because of scale, you know?
1: Yeah. Exactly. I think that's like that's like your dream scenario, isn't it? Like yeah. is is to get to like that. Yeah. No, exactly, and that that's what means. that's where we got to with Booksy,
2: and that's where Booksy is now. I, I believe it's still in that point, point. and it's, yeah, it's a very difficult place to get to uh, because of mm. you know, yeah, all the challenges to do with scaling, but it's it's doable, you know. And then and then of course, you know, from a monetary perspective, there's a whole thing of like um, you know the opportunities that that opens up for being able to uh, you know charge for. A new lead, or you know, having you know different different fees for like the first time a lead comes in versus you know after that when they become regular. Yeah. Or, you know, there's a whole load of different opportunities there from the business perspective, which makes sense for the for the for the service providers to take advantage of too. You know, because it, it affects you know it, it brings them in more revenue. at The end of the day.
1: Yeah, for sure. And I actually I actually remember funny you know, like funny you mentioned Booksy, but I remember when I first moved like. And I moved to like a new location. I didn't go on like Google and search like barbers. I literally went on the Booksy app and was like, right, like now I'm in a new location. Like where do I get my hair cut? And like, it wasn't like a Google. It wasn't like a, it was like literally like, I've already got Booksy downloaded because I've used it before. Like what's what's, what's happening in the area? And Mm. I think that that's just like a a very, very small kind of example of like the stickiness and like how easily and how efficient it is with with working like yeah you know well that's it and
2: honestly it it ticks a lot of boxes doesn't it in that regard it's easy to use you know it's quick it's reliable it's got the trustworthy reviews everything like that Mm -hmm. and that's that's exactly where you can get to with a Mm -hmm. a a, a marketplace especially a b2b b2c sort of app Mm -hmm. model like that you can Mm -hmm. get that you are you are basically doing that exact same model and that's it's a very strong one if done right so yeah yeah it's interesting well look, we're, we're um, approaching the last sort of 10 10 or so minutes of the of the thing so I guess what I like to do around this sort of time is just sort of summarize things with your thoughts on um on any any and we've already covered this to some degree but maybe more mm-hmm. specifically this is like the one bit of structure I have on this, this show is to oh, ask yeah. and, and the beginning intro bit and that's it like the beginning and the end um is to get um some of your thoughts uh in relation to what sort of tips and learnings you might have for For individuals out there you know who might be listening who want to start their own business who are running their own business especially as it relates to um to to your unique situation right so working in a quote unquote unsexy business there's that side of it but then also the fact that you're 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 building a marketplace two very unique things about you so um and your business so you know what what have you got there learnings wise tips tricks anything that you think would be useful
1: for us to hear great you know i've actually got in my notebook, I've got a back the back page, which I keep as like things that I've learned along the way. So oh, really? I, yeah. okay.
3: nah,
1: yeah. let's have a look then. Yeah. Let's see. Yes. Yeah, so, so basically, I, I've got my notebook. Started, I've had this notebook two years now. And every time I think something, I'm like, there's only like a handful of things. But I am always like, right, like, I'll use the back page because I can reference it easily. And what it does yeah. is it's like if I'm ever starting to drift away from these, then like, I know I need to get them track. So the first one I've got is um, is KISS basically stand for keep it simple, stupid? <laughs> right, okay, yeah, yeah. So, like, I've got a, I'd, I'd say, like, historically, like, I've probably massively overcomplicated things. Mm. So, like, especially before our technology was built, like, you have all the ideas, but it's so difficult to implement it without technology because, like, you try to track everything through, like, spreadsheets and this and that, and, like, it's all messy. So, like, what i've kind of realized as well is as you do scale and as you do grow like things just get more complex naturally like yeah you don't need to try and increase the complexity yourself because like that's just going to make things even harder obviously if you can use technology and um if you can use technology and kind of make you know increase a few like benefits and features and stuff which are going to make your life easier then you know go for it but like just try and keep it simple, try and keep it easy. Yeah. And then like, things are going to get more complex and more difficult as you scale anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, Good I've put another one as um, so track and monitor metrics across different departments. So like, for each of our locations, we've got seven key metrics that we track. Right. And we only we only track like the so it's like, as long as those key metrics are tracked, like we know near enough everything else is gonna kinda go to plan. Right. Because I was also quite guilty, and this probably kind of goes back to the first point, is like kind of trying to track everything and like mm-hmm. you end up tracking so much that you don't actually know what you're tracking. So yeah. like what what it was like was like, right, these are the these are the metrics we're gonna track, like turn custom acquisition cost, average order value, like customer success rate, whatever. And we're gonna own, we're gonna try and track the few metrics we do need, but do a really good job of tracking those metrics
3: mm-hmm.
1: and track them kind of week on week. And then if anything does start to drift, we can be like, right, boom, like that's that's not going as is planned or as it should do. Um, and what that allows us to do is basically like just look at one singular kind of sheet, one singular spreadsheet, and just see like what those metrics are mm-hmm. and like you're not having to like dig around anything and like overcomplicate it. Like as long as they're all right, then you can kind of trust everything else is not too bad as well. Yeah. Um, so that's probably my first two points. They're probably quite similar to each other um, really? no,
2: they're, they're very, very Yeah. Very good. Very useful.
1: Um, So like seven key metrics, keep it simple and as well, kind of communication. So possibly something that like, like I think as a founder, especially like, you have this vision, you know what you want to achieve, but like kind of communicating that with your team and like the people that are actually going to help with the execution is like Mm. massively important. So like get everyone on the same page, get everyone on the same vision, like make really clear, like this is your responsibility. You know, I think there's a saying, isn't it? Like it's something on the lines of like, it's just more than one person responsible for it, responsible for that role. And effectively like no one's responsible. And it's like, this this person's responsible for these tasks and making sure those tasks succeed. And then this person's this. And like, if you've got any problems, you let me know regarding those tasks. And like, basically trying to keep each person focused on what they're going to do. And if for every reason they do have more time, they do do a, a good job. Focus on doing your own tasks better, as opposed to trying to get involved in someone else's or something else that you don't know about.
3: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and That's trying interesting. To keep kind well, of...
2: Would you say that that is more? Is that something that you've you've started to approach more recently as things have decided to develop? Because traditionally in startups, there's this saying that everyone in a startup at the early stages is a generalist, right? You're 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 a generalist because of the, Everyone has to wear so many hats because resources are tight mm-hmm. and there's only a few people, and so everyone's kind of helping out with everything. And then as things you know grow and scale, then things, mm-hmm. people get more specialized. So would you say that's something you've always done from the beginning, um, regardless, or is that something that's more recently kicked in?
1: uh it, i think it's more recent we've got a we've got like a spreadsheet and like it's mm-hmm. like everyone's got the spreadsheet it's like what department and what for those departments and whose name is like next to it or what role it is and i think there's a big part of like obviously being like a generalist and you know covering it all and i think it's good for people to have a, a basic understanding but like and I think as we grow, we'll effectively just split those roles up into kind of more defined roles. So, For example, like operations at the moment, they do like the window cleaner management, they answer the calls, they help with like the oversee customer services. Whereas as we grow, we probably have like a lead of customer services instead of like of course, the operations yeah. manager, overseeing the customer services team. There's just still kind a certain that amount of
2: that generalization, but you're just you're just getting more and more specific as as things. yeah develop.
1: I think we've we've got like our core people that like we kind of you know everyone probably does see oversee like a department that's way too big for them at the moment. Right. But then I think as we grow, they become more specialized and mm. you know hopefully we kind of get people in for them. Mm. But effectively, like there's no point having someone like this is probably one thing I have as well, like you know it's great for like you know market i don't know like someone who's running like running facebook ads for example it's great for operations to know what's happening with the facebook ads but like not try and run the facebook campaigns. so like fair enough like throwing your ideas in there and then like giving feedback and stuff mm-hmm. that we can kind of learn from and develop on but i think like at the end of the day like like they make that decision and like just kind to make that decision <laughs> and try and kind yeah, of yeah. focus on your own bit and making sure that like you know you do your role as, as best as you possibly can really before mm-hmm. um, and that's that's a really
2: yeah. in, interesting that... one that you you couple that with communication as well because that's mm. that that is where the huge piece of that comes from isn't it it's just making clear to people that yes we are doing things this way now but things will be different then because that is a big yeah. thing, isn't it? There's culture shock that can happen with people where they get quite comfortable, say having a say on this area, having their input here, and then suddenly one day you say, right now we've employed someone else to go, you know, into that role. You don't need to worry about it anymore. That can be a bit of a shock to people because they're used to that being part of their role. And having the input there, and it feels like you're taking something away from them. But if the, the if the the plan, if the vision is made clear from the very beginning, that that isn't unexpected, then is it? That's very clear, and they can work towards that with you, as opposed to be against you when it happens, right?
1: Yeah, and I think as I think as well, like as as they grow in their role, they'll probably find more things that they could actually work on as well, which would have right. like like you know, there might be, they'll have their own ideas as they start to like, learn more. And like, I, I, I've i not, like, I had an engineering apprenticeship. I've not had like a corporate job. Like, so everything I've done, I've like learned through like YouTube or found on LinkedIn. <laughs> um, and from, and from so, just doing it, right? I think there's a, an element of doing it. Doing it, in doing it yeah.
2: sense that comes into play here too,
3: right?
1: Yeah. But I, I, I think like, yeah, like communication and kind of making sure everyone's like, you know, have your means, share what you've learned, but like, Go away and just like execute, and then like yeah. come back, and then and effectively, it's like my role to make sure that they can do their role as well, you know, like um, and try and help them and kind of support them in in whatever way they need it, really. Yeah, um, yeah. Because yeah, like, we you know, we still start up things are very scrappy. Like just workarounds and things that we that we've done to like <laughs> to, like to like get by today, you know. So like, there's a yeah. few like things like that that are, like I've just got to do because like I've had to do it at the time, and like that's yeah. that. Um, whereas as we grow, hopefully, you know, we can start to like build on that structure and kind of give more defined roles and kind of manage and track KPIs and just try and keep it really simple as well. Like I, th- I think, I think and I definitely made this mistake when I first started, like I started as window cleaning, you think like best way to expand is by like going from window cleaning to driveways, carpets, like you right. think the more service that you can offer, like the the, the better it's going to be when really like you just become like a specialist of nothing yeah whereas yeah. like like now when i'm looking at, it, i'm like that was such a bad idea like if i'm looking at it now like i know like there's no point me trying to expand services until like i've done window cleaning right because like all i'm doing then is increasing the complexity when really i could probably add five more window cleaning vans in the case in in the same time that i could like get one van in another service mm. Just because i don't know it as well and then things go wrong and like we did try it like so we had like i think it was like 30 well probably about 25 window cleaning vans at the time and we thought like like we'll diversify we'll start doing oven cleaning we had more problems from one oven cleaning van as we did all of over 25 window cleaning vans combined mm-hmm. and i think it was just a case of right like let's just scrap that and then now let's just focus on the window cleaning. see how many window cleaning vans we can get you know yeah yeah um, but, but a useful no exercise charge, yeah, but yeah. a useful exercise that I'm sure you, you well, by the sounds of it you learn
2: a lot from. But it's yeah, it's a typical case of running before you can walk in some in some ways, right?
1: Mm. Yeah. Operation. Yeah. Ex- exactly.
2: Yeah. Well, look, we, we've got to wrap it up there because if I've got a, yeah, I've got, got to, I've got a, I've got a meeting with my devs in a minute, actually. So, I've oh, wow. so, <laughs> so yeah, I've got to see what the progress is there. But um, listen, man, it's been really great speaking with you as always. And uh, I'll, I'll probably catch up with you tomorrow uh, if you're going to be yeah, around yeah. Uh, um, at the, the event. So we can catch up again yeah, then really though, if, you, if you're not sick of talking to me by then,
3: obviously. Oh, no, <laughs> you know. might
2: see me and be like, oh, fucking, no, Not you again. I spoke to you for two hours already. I oh, do oh. don't you? Speak <laughs> to him again um yeah i might unless i have some deep philosophical question ready for you for when you walk in the door <laughs> well yeah no thank you
1: thank you very much for the opportunity to be my first podcast and um oh really yeah no i've, I've yeah I've, I've seriously enjoyed it it's okay. uh, it's always good like having a good conversation and i think it's good for me to like reflect on things as well if if that makes yeah. sense like it's a good perspective because it doesn't come around often it's like someone's just to sit with you for two hours and like ask you questions that like no one's really asked you before or like seeing films from like a fresh perspective so yeah yeah no thank you for the opportunity and um I mean, yeah, i no, see it's, you it's welcome been a and experience as well
2: no, that's that's wonderful to hear. And like to that effect, you know, you should be incredibly proud of what you've managed to achieve and, and and everything you've got on the horizon is extremely exciting. And this is one of the reasons why I love doing what I what I do is because I get to meet people like you and, and hear their stories and and get excited for them. I am I'm a cheerleader for everyone. I want everyone to be successful. And uh, you're no exception to that. So I'm glad it's made you reflect and maybe see see what i see you know and what other people should see which is what you've achieved and and and, and what you're about to achieve um you're, you're on the on the precipice of 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 uh of going to the moon as they say so um so yeah i'm excited <laughs> well, for you. we're getting
1: there
2: <laughs> <laughs> all right dude well look awesome. have a great um day great rest of the week and uh, yeah I'll, I'll catch up with you tomorrow at this uh, at this event yeah sweet yeah. see you tomorrow yeah,
1: take, take care, care. bye thank you bye-bye
0: thank you for watching and or listening. Please like, subscribe and join the conversation in the comments below.